0: Before we start tonight, uh, just a warning, the sound quality dips for a while in this episode for reasons that will later become clear, but stick with it. Everything works out in the end. On this episode, we discuss our contest winner selection, the Golden Child. You know, no one's ever lost money
1: investing in Golden Children. (laughs) (laughs) Do <laughs> a pamphlet about this? I do. Are you elderly and easily fooled?
0: Welcome to the Flop House. I'm Dan
2: McCoy. Oh, hey, it's me, Stuart Wellington.
1: <laughs> that was, a, and I'm
0: Elliot Kalin.
1: That was a real SNL cast member. Oh, I didn't realize you were looking at me.
0: Introduction. Yep. If we sound any different, it's not just because it is now 2016. We're a little older, a little wiser. <laughs> why else? Why? My, my, we wait. Well, just for one, <laughs> we're recording <laughs> on uh, my MacBook, my new MacBook. Uh, because my old one suddenly has decided that it doesn't want to open up GarageBand. And we're recording on a totally new version of GarageBand that, like most Apple updates, uh, is totally different and totally inexplicable to users of the previous version. So is this not a paid
1: sponsorship plug? (laughs) It is not.
0: (laughs) Let me also complain about how my new MacBook... Uh, has only one input and it's the same input you charge from as you use for uh, the USB port and you have to use a USB port adapter so um, luckily this computer was totally charged or else maybe we wouldn't have had an episode tonight Mm -hmm.
1: furthermore Mr. Apple this supposed MacBook Air is unbreathable Furthermore,
0: <laughs> Mister Apple, you can fuck right off. Oh, I mean you can what? always buy a different brand's products.
2: No, they're great. <laughs> you have to understand. You have to understand, Elliot. His wallet isn't big enough to hold two different uh, MacBooks. What? Because oh, he's so wealthy I don't, with MacBooks. I don't, under, <laughs> I, don't I don't understand what you just. said. I'm just saying that it's a common problem that somebody has way too many MacBooks. Is it? Is that a problem? Yeah. Well, you, apparently it is today. <laughs> This <laughs> is like <I> mean, <laughs> some sort of King Midas situation
0: where people t- touch everything and they turn to MacBooks. Why is he touching everything at this point?
2: Doesn't king, he know the fucking gypsy's curse at this point? King Midas, I mean, one, it's not a gypsy's it. curse. I and mean, king,
0: if you're living, you're pretty much touching things. Well, I mean, king
2: you're living, you're touching things. I mean, king Midas is a was a very handsy live, king. What if he's in a sensory deprivation tank? Let me, <laughs> let me tell you, it's not you like that. the molecules turn into tiny little baby MacBooks.
0: Yeah, let me tell you, there's there's one thing he's touching that turned into a MacBook. You know what I'm talking about. What? (laughs) I
2: don't understand.
0: (laughs) Hey, everyone out there, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, Listeners, No,
2: don't respond one, to it
0: One thing you're touching <laughs> One you th- thing you can't keep your hands off of Do you think that was King, <laughs> King minus into a match Matchbox The, ma- ma- match match box, into the a little match, match, match girl Has <laughs> <laughs> sold these terrible matchboxes <laughs> Matchbox cars
1: now, Do you think King minus, 20 of them. Do you think the last straw for King Midas was when he was like Well, it's the only solace I've left And started masturbating
0: and turned his penis gold <laughs> That's what I'm saying, yeah and then gold, gold <laughs> semen spread it out and immediately froze in a fountain <laughs> like a cartoon. Uh,
1: I don't, what cartoon are you watching where that happens, dude? What kind of Ralph Bakshi <laughs> crap is this? <laughs> Um, Oh, that is not a cartoon I want a child to be watching. I guess we are talking about gold, though, right? (laughs) Speaking of gold and golden children, yes, Stuart, you're right, and Dan, you're right. Dan, we watched a contest entry today, and
2: that's why... We watched the movie chosen by the winner of a contest. Uh, I explained
1: it well (laughs) enough, (laughs) Uh, which is why we watched an older movie tonight.
2: Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's right.
0: All the way from the ancient decade known as... The 80s.
2: Described, <laughs> described at the top of the movie as the present day. Yeah. Now, look. <laughs> I which confused me at first because it did not look like, like <laughs> 2016. I mean,
1: it didn't even look like the 80s since it said to, it was present day in a Tibetan monastery in the mountains.
0: Yeah. Let me just back up for a second and specify yeah, that uh, Thomas Horseman mm-hmm. uh, won— <laughs> Brother I, of Bojack, for I hope that you didn't hear that on the podcast. <laughs> that was a. Uh,
2: but you'll reference it. That was a. <laughs> There's a coaster hitting the ground. Continue, Dan.
0: Swedish uh, tin coaster <laughs> with dogs on it hitting the ground and making a clattering noise. But um, they're
2: normally stacked carefully next to his pile of MacBook Airs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which he also uses as coasters. It's just like
1: in Fateful Findings.
0: There's just MacBook Airs all over the table and he sweeps them off. Yeah, that's right. It's MacBook Airs all the way down. But uh, Thomas Horstman uh, won Stewart's uh, contest challenge. Poorly defined contest of the autumn. Uh, to actually, one of the
1: better defined contests.
0: Design a yeah, choking um, victim poster. Victim poster.
2: For his bar, so About how to will choke open victims. Someday in the future, years from now, when we're all wearing fucking space boots, <laughs> we'll listen to this episode together around a roaring space fireplace. Yeah, someday, Stuart. And think, ha ha ha, his bar's been open for years. What a ridiculous notion that it wouldn't open. You don't have to keep that laser blaster in your mouth anymore, Stuart. <laughs> Wait,
0: why are you suicidal in the future? That's, I, what that's what's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, see, I mean, clearly we're all bitter about something. I'm bitter about a um, MacBook. Uh, Stuart's bitter about his bar. I mean, and I just it? had a lot of Brussels sprouts for lunch. So that was, that was you got a bitter, bitter taste in your mouth. Yeah, you washed it down with that bottle of Malort. <laughs> the problem. <laughs> what is Malort? Is That's like an kind of
2: alien. <laughs> you Ask your buddy John Hodgman about that. Or, well, you could tell me. It's a very herbal uh, liquor. Oh. See, you gotta understand, Dan. Elliot's trying to beef up, get a little, put a little more meat on those bones, and he heard about these muscles from Brussels. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, That's exactly what happened. Yeah, I heard about the the muscle building, weight gain power of Brussels sprouts. <laughs>
2: Yep,
0: he want <laughs> the miracle fruit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but the miracle about it not actually a fruit. Despite the fact that it looks like a tiny cabbage, it's not a fruit.
2: <laughs> despite a cabbage <laughs> not being <make> a <laughs> fruit, classic it's fruit. Not a fruit. Um, <laughs> that's my favorite flavor of sorbet. <laughs> <laughs> tiny cabbage. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Man, Hold he, me was, closer, he was he su- was tiny cabbage. He was such a great tap dancer, tiny cabbage. <laughs> When he started in those tap dancing themed mystery movies in the
0: '30s. <laughs> R.I.P. So, Tiny Cabbage.
1: So there was a contest to to design a how to save a choking victim poster for Stuart's yeah. upcoming bar, mm-hmm. and the winner
0: uh, sent us a few options of uh, what we could watch for a um, movie. And Dan, of course, tried to eliminate any of the ones that seemed fun, but did That's he not fail? True. Maybe. <laughs> Uh, typically we ask for a spectrum so we um can find something that we haven't uh seen already in this case uh stewart had definitely seen the golden child before before but as a child himself and so most mm-hmm. of it
2: as a golden
0: child forgotten to him <laughs>
1: Um, so was the gold. so now I don't remember the movie since we just watched it. Watching it again,
2: I realize I remember every moment of this movie. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah.
0: gold Five stars. Watching it again, you realize it was the seminal moment in your life. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it all comes back it, to it this. It defined every aspect of my personality. It was
0: a real usual suspects moment. That's it's why you wear lo- that leather c- cylinder hat around <laughs> all there over. There is
2: uh, so many hats in this movie.
1: <laughs> a wealth. Uh now, The Golden Child, is it a sequel or a prequel to Golden Girls?
2: <laughs> is it the four girls when they're is, kids like the a sequel. Muppet Babies? <laughs> it is the sequel. It is the child that is birthed from their union. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that night all four of them got drunk and one
1: of them, I'm assuming Rose, ended up pregnant. Why do you assume Rose? Well, Sophia
2: is Is it because of old? her libidinous attitude? <laughs> uh, well, that would be Blanche. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm going to go self-terminate. <laughs> You've you got oh, self-terminate. No, self-terminating. Stuart, at least let one of us terminate you. Yeah, so we can say we had the experience. I can't believe I mixed up Rose and Blanche. You mixed up
1: Blanche Devereaux with Rose. I don't remember her
0: last
2: name. <laughs> Rose is Rose. <laughs> oh, my God.
1: She's aged so horribly from the cartoon strip. So, The Golden Child, should we talk about much? People who are not familiar with this movie, and mm-hmm. how could you not be? I mean, it was a huge He's hit. a. It was it. a hit. This was, as Dan put it while we were watching it, the movie that taught Eddie Murphy the lesson, he can make a lot of money
2: without trying to be funny. I don't even mm-hmm. know if this is a flop, because according to Amazon or whatever, it was like four and a half stars, which is probably in line with the critical consensus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that,
0: no, I mean it's, it's looked on as a critical failure. Did
2: either of you guys it, check out Rotten Tomatoes? I did not. No, <laughs> I didn't either. Just want to say that <laughs> Dan cut that
1: part out. Okay,
3: <laughs> snip.
1: So, but this was a movie. Eddie Murphy was on a hot streak. Everything was looking up for Eddie Murphy, but yeah. every child he touched his- was turned to gold.
0: <laughs> he had his Murphy's oil soap fortune. Yeah,
1: the the, the beds that he had invented <laughs> that fold into walls. Those were doing well, and of course. The law he had passed. Of
0: course, of course RoboCop was named.
1: After- <laughs> 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 that's like, they cut that part yep. out in post. What's, What's your, your wh- name, son? <laughs> Eddie Murphy. <laughs> yep.
2: What should RoboCop's name be, son? Murphy.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> nice Gumby impression, son. What's your name?
0: Murphy. <laughs> uh, so, But this was a movie that... Now this came right after, I'm looking online, this came right after Beverly Hills
1: Cop. So he, they knew he could do action. Uh, yeah. And this was an action script that had been floating around for a
2: while. But just like Beverly Hills Cop was originally an action script. Yeah, that was for Stallone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was
1: for Frank Stallone. And uh, <laughs> this was originally for Melbert Gibson. Uh, and it was written by a guy whose previous credit was... Just mm-hmm. one of the guys, oh. perhaps known to me as a thirteen-year-old, as the world's most efficient deliverer of boobs at the end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wait, boobs at the end? <laughs> yeah, the most boobs at the end. <laughs> <of boobs. laughs> there's no boobs until. You have to wait <laughs> through a whole movie. Uh, you, no, here's come. what you do: you find out what time it's playing, and then you start <laughs> watching an hour and twenty minutes in. <laughs>
2: yeah, 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 yeah. You buy a ticket to the, the, the showing at the movie theater. Uh, I had HBO. Yeah, do. Well, you get you get buy movies. a ticket. <laughs> <You go laughs> wait, hold on. It's the home box office. <laughs>
0: I have to object. Any movie is an efficient any any boobs containing movie is an efficient <laughs> boobs delivery system. As soon as you know when the boobs are going to, come it's so the much
2: easier to know when the boobs are happening because you can basically back time it from the end of the movie. That's, but when right. you were a little kid, how did you find out the the timestamp? Did you like check the peddler's post or something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. No, but that it was. I wouldn't say efficient. I would say it's an excellent delivery system because it being. Uh, it was a movie that, for whatever reason, would play on, say, HBO during the day a lot. Yeah. Well, because. I know there's no the
2: reason. <laughs> it's all because. it's charming.
1: Any adult would get bored with the movie and stop watching before the end and be like, eh, we can put this on during the day. There's no boobs in this. Yeah. Missing the part at the end with the aforementioned
2: mm-hmm.
0: twice boob. That's how you sneak them in. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, and kizl <'cause, laughs> <old> tip
1: <laughs> <laughs> filmmakers <of> the future. <laughs> put them at try, the very end if you're trying to get kids to see a movie with boobs.
0: In it, put them at the end. <laughs> I don't know why you're doing it.
2: Seems kind of creepy. <laughs> I mean, the marketing strategy for the movie, like the poster, showed the the lead covering her boobs with two football helmets. Yeah. So you're just assuming you're going to see. I mean, it, right? no, no, you're they're, they're going to need
1: those helmets. <laughs> 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 it's the day of the big game. <laughs>
0: I mean, it was a PG movie, but it was also a PG movie in the days of like Pretty Great Sheena, where like (laughs) Tanya Roberts could be bathing in a river for a long time.
2: Yeah, or I mean, what what, did the EPA ban that?
0: Levels of Tanya Roberts now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Tony <Tiny> Roberts? <laughs> Tanya Roberts. Well, oh, he was such a good dancer. They'll, you drink so, the water Little Roberts,
1: get inside your system. <laughs> oh, no, no, and they, they, Do you have a Little Roberts in you? Would you like up. to? Mm-hmm. Have a drink of this. <laughs> Speaking of drinking water, there's a scene involving a glass of water in this movie, which was directed by Michael Ritchie, oh, yeah. who directed a number of good movies. Yeah, that's right. He directed Smile, which I like, right? The original Bears. bears. Yep. Uh, uh, Fletch. Fletch. Another movie I know I saw as a kid and I have next to no memory of.
0: You know, I mean, it's a. Uh, if you can disregard all of the irritating people who quote Fletch a lot, it's a pretty funny movie. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, and he did Downhill Racer, which is a fantastic movie. Yeah, I think you recommended that on the show. Once. Yeah, yeah, I did.
0: Uh, I yeah, so
1: he was, and of course, Cops and Robbersons.
0: <laughs> right. There was that too. You should um, probably stop scrolling, Yeah <laughs> No, I'm sure. I'm sure his career only gets better the later
1: it gets. It <laughs> works with most directors, right? I mean, what Martin Scorsese
0: and uh, uh, everyone else? I mean, Martin Scorsese. You chose a director <laughs> yeah. that's still fairly vital. That's what I'm saying. That's yeah, George bad, Miller, seventy okay. and making fairly vital. A stinker. He has
1: a movie out like every year. Um, that was my of Someone who you should not use as an example of okay. what happens to most elderly directors. Yeah, yeah. Usually they're like Clint Eastwood and they disappear and stop making movies. <laughs> Um, Hold (laughs) on. No, no, I'm sorry. I meant Woody Allen.
0: (laughs) I mean, there was a decline there. We we can can agree on that one. But then a resurgence, and then a decline
2: decline again. Mm
1: -hmm. So The Golden Child, it's a mystical, vaguely
2: mystery. (laughs) So the movie begins with no dialogue for like 20 minutes. There's
1: a long sequence in the beginning with no dialogue, set as Stuart mentioned in The Present in Tibet, as Mm -hmm. a caption tells us, where there's a magic kid who chooses an object from a tray. The, show, the movie yep. should have been called That Magic Kid. <laughs> Follow That Magic Kid. Catch That Kid. That's what they want to do, the whole movie. Yeah. Uh, he's in Tibet. It's clear that he's the reincarnation of some hoity-toity monk, and he uses his magic... <laughs> To turn some a dead parrot. Snapping monk. <laughs> <laughs> he's so great. This monk thinks he's so enlightened. <laughs> uh, he touches a parrot that's dead and makes it come to life again.
2: With with the. He also the, takes some old monk's necklace instead yeah. of p- picking one from a tray.
1: Yeah, like he steals he, amongst necklace. Well, kind of. Yeah, it's clearly a trick. He's offered things on a tray to mm. pr- choose which one belong, which one belongs to him as the reincarnation. He knows it's not any of the things on the tray. It's the necklace that the man bearing the tray is oh, wearing. Wow. Mm. Ah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Very
2: nice. yes. Well, there's trouble in paradise because <laughs> as the soundtrack, starring Nicholas Cage,
1: <laughs> as this as the soundtrack warns us. As it turns awesome, there's a bunch of bad dudes coming through the snow who want to catch that kid. So this movie has he's kidnapped
0: the pres or getting the president back from being kidnapped. Bad Wait, dudes. Oh, bad dudes, yeah.
2: Yeah, they're ninjas, right? Um, there's monkey face ninja. There's there's kind there's of Klingon face ninja. There's like deformed
1: face ninja who whose clothing choices throughout the movie are baffling. There's uh there's uh, the biker for the, of the apocalypse from Raising Arizona, mm-hmm. who is has a big forehead in this and doesn't talk. Yeah. And there's what was the other henchman? Just some. Oh, it's a big a big guy with a beard or something. Yeah. But the and names, a
0: pointy hat. But they might as well be like the bikers from Weird Science who like come in. <laughs> they, they kind
2: <laughs> yeah, of <Bernie> are. Wells. <laughs> That's
0: right. Uh,
1: and they're being led by, of course, Tywin Lannister. Mm-hmm. Charles
2: Dance. Charles Dance, who
1: you may remember best. He's probably best known as the assassin from The Last Action Hero. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. that's probably what he's best known for, Mister uh, Sight Size Contacts.
1: That guy. Yeah, yeah, he's got the contact that looks like mm-hmm. a, a gun sight.
2: Mm-hmm. Was that his character's name, Dan, or <laughs> Mister Sight Size Contacts? Is they no, gonna trim that down? I would no, thought they would have edited it's that. It's no
1: goofier than his name in this movie, which is uh, Sardo Numspot. I love that band. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so he works for Satan, essentially, and in yeah. a wordless opening, he and his henchmen kill all the monks and kidnap the kid in a cage. The kid touches one of the henchmen. And the cage turns. is like
2: a giant grabby claw. It looks like a grabby claw
1: at like an arcade that you'd use to try to get, get like a little teddy bear, but it's rigged. You're never going to win anything with that.
2: Yeah. It's the only way that they can catch that kid without touching that kid. Because touching that kid's bad news. And also Mm -hmm. illegal. He's got poison ivy all over him.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And they're going to be itching all the way down that mountain. Uh, When the kid touches you, he turns you into a good guy. So you can't Mm. touch him if you're a bad guy. If you're a good guy, touch away. Touch that kid all you want. Go crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Touch him wherever. And uh, they kidnap him. Cut to... L.A., which is in the United States, and we know this because we see. But it's like a, it's like forty years ago. <laughs> I mean, it's the nineteen
2: it's the nineteen eighties. Oh, okay, uh, but we know this forty it's a, years ago if we were recording this in two <laughs> thousand twenty one. In, in six years, yeah. Uh,
1: the it's you know it's America because there is a bewilderingly fast montage of. LA street signs, American flags, crazy LA kooky characters, and Eddie Murphy just gawking at stuff. Mm-hmm. And they, there's one part where there are four shots of four different American flags in a row, and I thought that was amazing. <laughs> like it was such a Reagan time movie touch that it's like. Do 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 do, do 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 America 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 Okay, on with the show. Like it was the equivalent of just having someone sing the Star Spangled Banner to kick the, the movie off. Enter our hero Edward Murphy, mm-hmm. who, uh, is a professional child finder. <laughs> That's he's, right. he's 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 a guy who just goes around looking for lost or kidnapped children, and he he's he's the hero, and he's introduced to us shaming a man who is looking at a. a Pornography magazine at a newsstand. <laughs> a and the,
0: man who's harming no one, except for the fact that Eddie Murphy does not take to his choice of pornography. He's
1: he's reading a magazine titled "Chunky Asses," <laughs> and <laughs> frankly, I then should be congratulated, delighted for breaking of the,
2: the extreme assumption of what a beautiful woman should. I look don't like. know. He didn't pay for that magazine. It's not like he's at like a Barnes and Nobles reading manga in the aisles. <laughs> So you're saying Eddie Murphy is both a child finder and some sort of newsstand detective? <laughs> yeah, like Eddie if you had paid for that magazine, read away, bro. Yeah, he's, But he's ruining it for the next guy who actually wants to pay for it. He's getting his eye prints the, all over like it. The <laughs>
0: mom and pop pornographers out there being put out of business by Looky Lou's like this guy. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. That's his name, Looky Lou. <laughs>
0: Such a good dancer.
1: Anyway, so.
3: Hey,
0: everyone. Uh, so you may notice that there's no more Cracklin' and clacklin'. And that's because, <laughs> and uh... not much spacklin'. That's because we noticed that that shit was happening. Um...
1: Our producer, Dan McCoy, uh, eagle-eye that he is, noticed that the waveform function, this is all technical speak, mm-hmm. was de and he <laughs> wanted to re-de-goofify it and make it unglaggable. Yeah, And so we, uh, stopped recording,
0: right, Dan? Uh... Sort of. we the, the lousy MacBook that I was talking about um, before. Again, uh, not a paid sponsor spot, clearly. <laughs> uh, was doing something super funky. Um, <laughs> <and> we, <laughs> and, that makes it sound awesome. <laughs> and we had to stop. It was
2: a dynamite.
0: <laughs> we almost had a Babylon AD situation where this was a lost episode. But we had to stop. we uh, I troubleshooted a little more on my old Mac. Troubleshot got it working so we're back on uh mac classic i fear the day when this computer dies because then i don't know what we're gonna do
1: maybe get like a MacBook book instead of a, mac, a
0: pro and some macbook air do they uh, not make those anymore well uh, we, we can get into the details of this off the air
1: <laughs> dude you're getting a dell <laughs>
2: um, uh, a dell the singer Point is. I was about to try and sing a song, but I don't know any. Uh, Skyfall.
0: <laughs> Point is, we lost about uh, maybe f- five to seven minutes of goofs, but
2: uh, I'd say ten to twenty.
1: What? A one gold material. Oh mm-hmm. boy! It was
2: probably the funniest things we've ever said. Yeah. Oh boy, you would have been laughing. So but it was all lost to the ether. You'll never
1: know why we suddenly started talking about whether Benjamin Franklin could invent a microchip. <laughs> that
0: was good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so if we seem off our game for the rest of the episode, it's because of that.
2: Yeah, let's blame it on that this time. <laughs> so hit pause, drag this thing into your garbage bin, and listen to it. To give it so, a weird echo. <laughs> climb
0: inside your garbage can like Oscar. <laughs>
1: You can finally share uh, this podcast with your friends I mean, Oscar the
2: Grouch and the cast of Samuel Beckett's Happy Days the the thing about Oscar the Grouch is he doesn't ever have to wear pants because he never sees his bottom half of his torso so he keeps his pants he doesn't wear it. a shirt that's, either I you know. can say that about all the Muppets they're just puppets
1: from the waist up and
2: nothing <laughs> from the waist down that's that, great except, dude. For, except for Big Bird who he is, doesn't wear pants anyway so you can buy two pairs of jeans max and then they'll always have <laughs> jeans that they can wear out after after work <laughs> Uh so you think
1: the Muppets walk to work, then take their pants off, yes. there's no body underneath, two and pairs just
0: of sticks their hands up. By the way, two pairs of jeans Max, that's the other TJ Max. <laughs> Which is a reference <laughs> to something I think we lost. Yes. <laughs> well, we were talking about Thomas Jane Max.
1: <laughs> yep. That led to Thomas Jefferson Max, talking about Thomas Jefferson playing the Punisher. Stuart said Ben Franklin would make a great microchip. <laughs> I said the character, not an actual microchip. You couldn't invent that. And now I I guess, that was And now I guess people understand the reference. Yeah, that was a
0: close note, flop house goof for you. Yeah. Enjoy that bloop. <laughs> Enjoy this peak. behind the goof The goof became a bloop. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, you're loving that. <laughs> that's, that's going crazy. That's, that, that's just like the worst variety headline. Goop become, becomes bloop. <laughs> X-ray, X-ray, goop becomes bloop. And by the way. You're fired, newsboy. Oh,
2: my kids. You're a boy. And by the way. I'm a little bow-wow situation. <laughs> What? No, I'm a super wealthy rapper so all these babes want me <laughs> even though I'm a kid <laughs> I'm a kid doesn't mean my balls don't work, Gramps I mean, that is what being a kid means skates
0: boards off skates
2: boards <laughs> skates, is that, is that, oh, let me look at your what? skates board selection. Thanks William Sapphire for that proper
0: pluralization skates boards he's got one for each foot <laughs>
2: That's just roller skates. <laughs> but they're plank
0: style. <laughs> roller skates.
2: Roller skis. <laughs> okay, we're, what the fuck are yeah, we the
0: talking thing is, about?
1: So, somebody, say, somebody write an 80s CNA comedy called Roller Skis <laughs> right now.
0: <laughs> I have to say, though, before this uh, bloop happened, <laughs> we were being so professional. There was a moment. Where my new cat, Archie, jumped up on Elliot's lap. You would never have known. And Elliot just shoved it down, <laughs> did not stop talking. <laughs>
1: Without looking at it, he just cleared it away. He just shoved it into my lap like Joe Pesci with Sharon Stone's head in yeah.
0: casino. As mm-hmm. with most cats, Archie is drawn to the most allergic
2: person in the room. Yeah, oh, can, The well, warmest crotch in the room. He can hear you. He's totally shamed by it. No. No, no, he's doing fine. If one of us had to be the center. Warmest crotch in the room. That was the name what of the <laughs> <about it>. Bestest, <laughs> fastest gun in the west, warmest crotch in the room. <laughs> uh, so, uh, we were talking about. Uh, we were talking about. So, we talked about the mystical opening. Smash we we talked about nothing in the
1: movie. <laughs> the before media, it got the, screwed. We, we talked about the how that magical that magical kid was kidnapped by Charles Dance mm-hmm. and a bunch of uh, super mutants. Cut to America, L.A. style. It's Los Angeles, and you know it's America, because we see a ton of American flags and just jumping at the camera. L.A. is playing the shit out of itself. As we enter a montage that goes on for a couple minutes of just nonstop L.A. stuff, and every now and then, a little bit of the smirking face of Eddie Murphy... The mm-hmm. star of the film. The titular... A b- a Eddie Murphy.
2: hatted Eddie
1: Murphy. And Stuart, could you describe a little bit
2: uh, Eddie Murphy's wardrobe? Because it really affected you. Well, while, while Eddie Murphy's in America, he exclusively... He seems came to, to America. America yeah. <laughs> he comes right to America, and he exclusively wears these sweatshirts with the hood cut off about halfway, so the hood <laughs> becomes like some kind of... It's like a Doctor Strange-type collar. Yeah, exactly. And uh, over that sweatshirt... A morvern collar. <laughs>
0: (laughs) Over that sweatshirt, he needs. (laughs)
1: That's not a reference I expected anyone
2: to make. (laughs) I'm sorry, give the shirt a more (laughs) burn, (laughs) color. I'm just staring blankly at them, not understanding the reference. Looking
0: slightly hurt. I want the shirt to sort of wander around with a lot of music playing. Anyway, Wait till the
2: Flophouse house annotation page gets to it. <laughs> so on top of that sweatshirt, of course, he's wearing <laughs> a like a mid calf length uh, leather jacket. Because he needs something to match his weird, uh, his flat leather cap that he wears all the time. Yeah, he's wearing like a leather version of like a, a Bellboy's cap. Yeah, Google the Golden Child in the movie poster. <laughs> yeah. you see his fucking outfit. Just, just watch the fucking Golden Child.
0: Oh, that. well, yeah.
2: wow, that's a strange on recommendation a, on, at this point. <laughs> on the poster, he is wearing the exact outfit that Stuart <laughs> yep. just described. I think,
1: yeah, anytime we describe painted movie, by John Alvin.
2: <laughs> anytime we describe a movie, we should just say, You're just fucking watch it." That's what happens. <laughs>
0: Get back to us. Flick a cigarette at the listener. (laughs) They explode.
2: (laughs) Oh no, they're covered in gasoline. Mm -hmm.
1: Now, Eddie Murphy is a professional child finder. (laughs) Which is a
0: job in this universe. In
1: this universe, his job, exactly, is to find missing children. Who pays him? I'm not sure. Maybe he's independently wealthy. Does he get
2: paid by the heroine of the movie? The Uh, the female lead. He gets paid in the form of love. He gets paid in the form of heroin. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: And he's looking for a missing girl. He goes on a local public access show. It doesn't go well. It doesn't go well. The host is very inexperienced and not very good at it. In a scene that, I have to admit, I found kind of funny. Mm -hmm. There's a couple scenes in this movie that I found genuinely funny. And Eddie Murphy trying to describe the missing girl that he's out to find while this guy keeps cutting him off. Because he He doesn't
2: want to talk to to the turtle lady. Yeah. Who is a lady with a turtle, not a lady who looks like a turtle. This is not a master of disguise or Fisher Stevens type (laughs) scenario. Uh, And
1: there's a couple scenes like that. It's weirdly enough, the scenes where Eddie Murphy is the foil
2: I find funnier than the scenes where Eddie Murphy is making jokes. In this movie. You mean the scenes that feel like they were just written to be a normal scene in the movie and then all of a sudden they're like, just ad-lib a ton of shit. Here's the
0: thing. It's the difference between a movie where, like, Eddie Murphy, like, where uh, Beverly Hills Cop, where Eddie Murphy is, like, sort of, like, deflating, uh, like, a real thing... And a thing where, like, Eddie Murphy has to react to a crazy thing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's it's more fun in this movie to see, like, the crazy things happen around him. And, yeah, like, he's the foil to it rather than he's, like, the cool guy who's, like, waltzing into this universe.
1: Almost like how the Marx Brothers are better suited to go to an opera mm-hmm. than to go to the circus. Which is already, like, a goofy, exactly. silly thing that no one takes seriously. Except for the performers who take it very seriously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially if it's Cirque du Soleil which (laughs) means circle without amusement (laughs) circus sans fun (laughs) hey if you like seeing hang people hanging by their ankles from threads go to Cirque du Soleil yeah
0: so uh he's this, this, Again, not a paid sponsor bit. This, this child finder. What does is, what is Mr. Keene Tracer of Lost Persons do next? What happens?
1: Next, he manages to get seen on television by a mysterious woman who is st- studying a Tibetan scroll in a hotel. Mm, she, probably
2: related to the opening of the movie.
1: She tracks him down and tells him he is the chosen one. Prophesied... To find the golden child, who is prophesied to bring enlightenment to the world, if he doesn't get killed first for his trouble, because the golden child is who would want to kill a golden child,
2: an evil man.
0: <laughs> okay,
2: that reference man. to the movie?
0: Who would kill a child? <laughs> yeah.
2: Probably not, Dan. I mean, like, My references are pretty much limited to comic books and naked horror movies. That's horror movies with naked people. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, not like horror movies without additives. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, not horror all organic. <laughs> Uh, no, Sardo Spa, the villain the villain of the piece, who was named by somebody who was put on the spot when the studio executive asked him, yeah, but what's the name of the villain in this movie?
0: The Sardo George They caught George Lucas while he was parking. George, George! What's the name of a guy? He, he, George
1: Lucas, What's the name of a guy? <laughs> George Lucas was making a list entitled "Alien Names So Bad Even I Wouldn't Use Them," and he threw it in a garbage can. And they found it. They're like, "Oh, we gotta either call him Stardo Numspa or uh, Butt Broke Dumfart. <laughs> Let's go with Stardo Spa <laughs>
2: So <laughs> they're
0: so like oh, uh, The second one's a little too mad magazine for us. <laughs> a, little,
1: a little obvious that you're not supposed to like him. Let's go with Sardo possible sure. so the, own... <laughs> the audience isn't sure. They have to decide for themselves whether to like or not the evil guy who kidnaps a child
2: and is a demon. So uh, like, I, don't, I don't get it. Is dumb part of family <laughs> Clearly. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Uh, they changed it afterwards at Ellis Island to make it sound less party. <laughs> sure. Now, uh, dumb, uh I was going to call him Dumb Fart. Now, Trim Spa, Numspa, is holding the kid hostage with his own evil monks uh, in a warehouse somewhere. Eddie Murphy is approached by this woman. She says, you're the chosen one. He's like, you're crazy. This conversation happens three or four more times where Eddie Murphy is confronted with an ever greater amount of proof that this thing exists, or that magic is yeah. happening. He sees a magic. He sees the the golden child astral project to him along with a magic parrot. He uh, what else? He talks to a mysterious prophesying snake woman in the basement mm-hmm. of a Chinatown. I don't know massage shop, some kind of place. <laughs> it's like a traditional medicine pla- uh, medicine place that uh, James Hong is running. And he and each time he's like, "You're crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. This is crazy." Until, yeah,
0: uh, it's the Scully problem from X-Files, which is like, well, at what point do you're, you just accept that crazy yeah, stuff Yeah, you gotta
2: bad. take a shower
1: in fucking black oil. <laughs> <laughs> How many yeah. times do you have to be kidnapped and impregnated yeah. by an alien? Yeah, come right? on,
0: Dana. Yeah. yeah, with the program.
2: Fight the future, Dana.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Dana, what do I have to do to get you to fight the
2: future? <laughs> come on, Dana. There is no Dana. There's only Zulu. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. You <laughs> got <laughs> your Dana's mixed up. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> Dig <Dang> it. <laughs> yeah, out of sight.
1: So they team up anyway, and they track down a motorcycle gang called the Yellow Dragon Gang, which lives in the bad part of town. They're not so bad they don't get TV receptions that
2: they can watch rat music videos. They're not as dangerous
0: as the Apple Dumpling
2: Gang. <laughs> <laughs> so sp- they all hang out in one house where one guy has a motorcycle, and are watching TV. I was impressed by Stuart that I said... Oh, what's this heavy metal band? And he
1: goes probably Rat, and they looked it up using the lyrics from the movie. It was Rat. Totally Rat. He,
2: uh, yeah, it's the uh, the trademark the is totally a rat, rat singer. <laughs> now
1: Eddie Murphy says, "Lady, you stay in the car." Mm-hmm. Already, he's tried to hit on her, and she's de- she's denied him. You stay in the car. I'm going to go deal with these guys and find out what they did with the girl that the
2: girl that I was looking for who's turned up dead. And now Yeah, he's like, "This still- is my job. I don't want you know. You're not really covered under my insurance plan." <laughs> He first sneaks into the
1: backyard of a family having a barbecue, confronts them with the gun, and steals one of their potato chips, <laughs> then
2: leaves. For, you made that for scene kind of sound like fit. it didn't take way too long. It goes on for much too long. You
0: also made that scene seem like it was like a really <laughs> aggressive like hold up. Like. <laughs> Give me it, all your potato it, chips. Whereas it was just a, ga- was no, a gag that gag. I mean, yeah, no,
2: a stranger-, stranger showing up with a gun is never aggressive. The, the From the family's point of view, they were in danger. Yeah. It, There's children there, dude. If this, They was, don't know he's a child finder. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's like, found two more, gotta go. <laughs> yeah. Look, if this movie was taking place <laughs> in count. <was, laughs> is he just shooting, them what he said?
0: <laughs> no.
1: That's
0: just, just what he says when he puts them up on his big board. <laughs>
1: Does he have, like, a torture dungeon?
2: board. With some kids oh, yeah.
1: Board?
2: Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's got a t-shirt cannon. <laughs> That's right. He's packed full of small-sized kids' shirts. Yep. Uh,
1: he goes in, gets beaten up and tied up. That's when his lady friend walks in. Her name is,
0: uh, what, what's is her what name? was her name? I don't know, Mystic McCrull. Okay, <laughs> Mystic
1: McCrull. Her name is Keenang. So Keenang walks in
2: one at a time, just beats up all these bikers. Annihilates them. Like Scott Thompson, the biker shows up the fighter. <laughs> He's the, done that. One of
1: the bikers is totally old drunk Scott Thompson. <laughs> he gets his ass handed to him. Not, uh, And it's only after that that she kicks a guy through a wall, which bursts a pipe, which sprays her with water so she has a wet t-shirt now. In maybe the most 80s
0: moment I've ever seen in a movie. <laughs> the only
1: way it could have been more 80s is if... I don't, I don't know, know, like...
0: Schwarzenegger bursts through the wall and, like... Deployed a one-liner? Or like
1: Ronald Reagan literally walked into the movie and said, I'm president <laughs> yeah. right now, right. and then walked out again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I approve of this shirt. You know? she,
0: she defeated him by throwing Rubik's Cubes at him. <laughs> you know?
1: And then Ted teamed up with a Teddy Ruxpin. That's her partner.
0: Yeah, strangled him with a leg warmer.
2: <laughs> the Bengals that, by the way, that is that is all of my sexual fantasies. <laughs> right, Strangling with a leg warmer. <laughs> So, so uh, they we, all these really tough bikers get dismantled. Uh, she, and she, takes, she lets Eddie Murphy loose, and he goes fucking crazy.
1: He finds out from one of the bikers that the girl he was looking for was sold by them to an evil Chinese restaurant owner for blood that was going to be used to feed to the golden child to make him impure and thus vulnerable to human weapons. That explains
2: why that porridge had blood in it.
1: Uh, yeah, because they're trying to feed it to them. And we all know, golden children... My cousin's
2: just delicious.
1: My golden children love <laughs> it's porridge. It's like...
0: It's like hiding broccoli in something. They're just like, oh, just put this blood the porridge. It's like,
1: you're trying to teach someone to be a vampire, I guess? Yeah. They love porridge. They don't want to try the blood. Just slip it into their
2: porridge. Mm-hmm. So, Ellie, you have children, Yes, I have a child. I don't have. So child. How do you feed Sammy when, blood. Yeah, how
1: do you get him to eat blood? I mean, you gotta hide it. That's the thing, just like they do in the movie. Because you
2: want him to be able to be harmed by things of this earth. He's right now. I have a golden child. Uh-huh. That is expensive.
0: Yeah. A regular child. A computer would be. child at the best.
2: Well, here's the thing. All of his Pepsi cans get turned into little dancing men. He, uh, can't, he can't turn those in for change. Now, th- now, Stuart just described the best scene in the movie, yeah. which the movie briefly becomes Pee-Wee's Big Adventure.
1: <laughs> and in order to win over the biker of the apocalypse, who is a henchman who is... Very interested in the Golden Child. The Golden Child's trying yeah, he's him. a magical <laughs> kid. <laughs> uh, I guess why wouldn't you be interested in him? He turns a he Pepsi can. He turns a Pepsi can into an animated man and has it dance around to "Putting on the Ritz"
2: until Charles Dance smushes it. Oh,
1: because
2: mm-hmm. there's only one dance in this film. <laughs>
1: <laughs> How dare
2: you, young man!
1: Uh, so they uh, and he finds out that. Uh, he, he talks to his, his overlord, who is the devil, voiced by Frank Welker, which means the devil sounds like Dr. Claw from Inspector exactly Gadget. Sounds like
2: Dr. Claw. Right.
1: And, uh, the, and the, Dr. Claw tells him, you have to get this magic dagger that can kill
2: the kid. Yeah, tell stop the, trying to feed this kid blood. That's fucking crazy. He's like... Get that's, this magic dagger. It's super easy. He's like, that's gross. What are you doing? You're a weirdo. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so he says, find this dagger. Tell the good guys you'll trade the kid for the dagger. Then when you have the dagger, stab the kid. Which means these characters don't really understand how trades work. That, like, mm-hmm. you both give up something. But what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. At the same time, he gets in touch with Eddie Murphy through his dream. Eddie Murphy has a weird dream that has a studio audience... And where Eddie Murphy is confronted by the bad guy and his henchmen, who are yeah. dressed again crazy. Charles I think it's Dance.
0: an okay scene. I think
2: it's kind of fun. It's, it's kind of Like it, Charles, what, was
0: Charles Dance trying to make him a deal?
2: I can't even remember. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. It's like uh, he explains what he wants and what he wants out of the whole like trade, and then it also plays up Eddie Murphy's character's fantasies yeah. for our, uh, for the female. Yeah, one. there's
0: basically two things I remember about he that dream sequences. Uh, there being an applause sign whenever like Eddie Murphy makes a lame witticism and everyone mm-hmm. laughs and then the love interest shows up in a dress made out of toilet paper. No, she's <laughs>
1: tied up with toilet paper. She's wearing like a leather corset oh, okay.
2: bustier.
1: Uh, but Joe... she's
2: not trash. Why is she covered in toilet paper? Yeah, I don't know. It's a weird... <laughs> Do you wrap up your trash with toilet paper? <laughs> it's a weird <laughs> trash in yeah. Eddie
0: Murphy's psyche.
1: <laughs> it was It was like Charles Dance just showed up in Eddie Murphy's subconscious and was like, I guess this is what I have to work with. <laughs> this is weird.
0: not really into this.
1: And they they slash open Eddie Murphy's arm. Well, he's pretty calm about it. And they and then he wakes up and his arm is slashed and goes, ah, that was real. Because the whole time he's like, this is just a dream. This is just a dream. I've seen a bunch of magic shit, but I don't believe in magic still. If they asked me, do you believe in magic? Well, I hope you do. I'd say, stop hoping because I don't believe in
2: magic, sir. You know, when it comes to dreams, he seems pretty calm to be having a really in-depth conversation in his dream. I feel like if I had that complex of an interaction in a dream, I would pretty much assume it's not a dream at that point.
1: I don't know. I can have, I have pretty complicated dreams.
2: Okay, so you have conversations that you can recall the all the details of if you were to make a deal with somebody in your dream before they burn your arm. There's got to be some law that says I cannot be held liable for a deal I make in a dream. Yeah, you would think, right? But he made a deal. Take me to sleep court. (laughs) And they next stop
1: is Nepal. Got to go to Tibet to get this magic dagger. And let me tell you, Nepal
2: is not authentically recreated on set. So there's there's a really great shot of the plane flying. And the plane seems kind of in the, like, it seems, it's way in the top of the shot. It's just a really interestingly framed. It's almost
1: like they stumbled on a shot of a mountain that accidentally got some plane in it. Yeah.
2: Now the plane is also full of smoke from people
1: smoking cigarettes Livestock. and people eating weird clothes, yeah, and hacking up loogies because it's a foreign country. They don't to fly.
2: Why are people eating weird clothes? Oh, does say weird clothes? And uh, not weird food. But the center of the joke is They're wearing weird clothes. They're not American clothes.
1: Every, like a classic hooded sweatshirt with the hood cut off a little bit.
2: <laughs> every other, other hat. Every airplane scene, the focus of the joke is that Eddie Murphy puts in headphones... Weird stethoscope headphones. Oh, no, okay. And he listens to music and headphones he that were available
1: in planes in the 80s. Which were like Do they look like stethoscopes?
2: I gotta believe it. I you remember know.
1: those old airplane headphones that had, like, rubber projections that you had to stick into your I ear? I didn't.
0: Like, I'm...
1: Were you not a jet-setting kid like me? I was me? not
0: a jet-setting kid.
1: Oh, okay. That was All not right.
0: part of the Burger King Jet Set Kids Club.
2: <laughs> Burger King Jet Set Kids Club? That's right. Okay, well, what what was the point? So you could fly places to meet the <laughs> Burger King? <laughs> fly to his fucking kingdom? I don't know. Adventures. Like, wheels would have to go fly places. So wait, are, you like, are you like a team of, like, jet-setting kids, like Captain Planet's team? <laughs> yeah, we solve burger-related mysteries. Like, <laughs> like, what kind of meat is this? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like, did you combine Where your these rings? Where did sesame and, come and, from? <laughs>
1: Come from. <laughs> my analysis tells us some kind of sesame seed supplying company. Thanks a lot,
2: Brainiac.
1: Now it's time for me, the leader of the group, because I'm blonde, to figure out how to get out of here. Hey, I'm the one black kid who's part of the gang. What should I do? Just stand there and make it okay for us to have all the other
2: kids be white. I'm the girl. Yeah, great. I'm
1: gonna nag at you. That's my
2: job. <laughs> <laughs> That's your sex is Burger King Kids Club.
0: That's what I'm saying.
2: <laughs> Check, I mean, Check that privilege Burger King Check Kids,
1: your kids burger Club. Burger privilege. <laughs> You've had it your way right away for too long. <laughs>
2: Uh, so, People ap- make apologies for Burger King. They say, I order fries every once in a while, they sneak an onion ring in there. That makes it worth it for Burger King to be super racist and sexist in their right. cartoon. Yeah. That's how they get away with it. That's how they get away with <laughs> it. That used, used to be their logo Burger King, they get away with it. <laughs>
1: We get away with it. Here, have this. Don't tell anyone. Now, I don't know why we're spending all this time when we're forgetting that Victor Wong is in this movie. Victor Wong and what's what's
2: the name of the actor who played Egg Shen and Big Trouble in All China? That's Victor Wong. Oh no, wait, well, no. no, Victor Wong was uh Victor, wow. Victor Wong is uh is the is the other guy. He was Lopan. Lopan, yeah. You think you're thinking of James Hong. Oh my oh, yeah, god, damn it. Yes. Racism alert! Uh, Look, hey, I'm, gonna, racism
1: alert. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to uh, cut you some slack in that at this point in American movie history there were only two Chinese men in movies <laughs> and, and their names rhymed and they were in all the same movies So James uh. Hong was in a ton more movies I have to believe James Hong is, was in it I mean his his career lasted for <sighs> 50, 60 years I feel <sighs> like anyway I'm a big fan of his
2: No and they're not just because he's entangled cash and they're both great.
1: Yeah, they're both. they're both they're both equally great and equally Chinese. Is that what you're saying,
2: Stuart? No. No, I didn't say that at all. Just,
0: uh, no, but they are both super great. They're like great character actors. They're
2: both super enjoyable. They are. And let's and, let's even remove character. They're they're great, great actors.
1: And Victor Wong suddenly brings a lot of life to this, playing a kind of like shambling kind of uh a kind of sham one of those shambling hermits who is very like a little gross and a little like not what you'd expect an enlightened hermit to be.
2: Basically, every scene he's in becomes way more interesting.
1: Yeah, he's I mean, kind he of pulls... like the non-puppet version of when you first meet Yoda and Empire Strikes well, Back. I was gonna
0: say, yeah, no, he pulls the Yoda, which is in turn stolen from like like Asian uh, like uh, like kung fu movies where the yeah the masters like playing a secret fool or something. You're doing but a lot like, of like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and
1: now you shall learn.
0: <laughs> but yeah, no, he, like when he shows up, he's the beggar
2: guy who fucks over Eddie he Murphy. He sells
1: Eddie Murphy a uh, necklace for, uh, and steals $100 from Eddie Murphy and then disappears. Mm. Then he, sells, shows-
2: he sells him the wrong necklace. Or is it the right necklace? You'll any- never know. And yeah. then he turns into a bird or something. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> yeah. the
0: necklace you want isn't the necklace you need. Sales. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's what sales tells people when they are sold the wrong necklace by accident. Yeah,
0: this isn't is. what you advertise. They have a mysterious Chinese man come <laughs> out and be like,
2: "Dan Angle's true. training for the sales returns <laughs> desk." Here, if someone tries to return a necklace, just
1: tell them it's the necklace they need, not the necklace they want.
2: Play this mystical sound effect,
1: <laughs> and then disappear. You can do that, right? Just leaving your clothes behind. I don't
2: know. Just talk under <laughs> the counter. How quickly can you get undressed? (laughs) Here's my. the length that takes this smoke bomb to disperse. Here's my tip sew all your
1: clothes together, and then put a zipper up the back. Or even better, Velcro. So it's just one thing
2: that you can rip off instantly and run away. The smoke will fill their ears so they can't hear the ripping of the Velcro. See, I started on this desk, and now I'm CEO of the company. (laughs) Jonathan Zales is my name. I changed it legally when I got the job. It was part of the contract. I had to do it. (laughs) That's right.
1: I also had to become gay. I don't know why. Anyway, it pays well, so whatever.
0: Uh, <laughs> see you later smoke bomb
1: <laughs> and then he just leaves velcro clothes behind <laughs> he really was the ceo of Zales the whole time not, not just a crazy beggar man on the side of the road <laughs> wipe out so uh, <laughs> so eddie murphy goes to a temple uh he has to get this dagger by going through a fairly lame trial of courage in which he walks across a pit on planks and then uh, you magically drink some water, which puts out some fire. Mm-hmm. It's all
2: complicated. It's a it's a pretty lame scene with not very many effects, and it it felt like they were relying pretty heavily on Eddie Murphy to kind of sell it. Just right? kind of ad lib his way through it, and he does sell part of it. And I have to end. I mean, you, you just glossed over the fact that the the scene of the movie, like the thing that at least I remember as a child, and I think most people remember, is the scene where Eddie Murphy takes the spinning pillar. And he says, "I I I want the naive. <laughs> for some reason, Which, when you're talking as a as a child, was the funniest thing I've ever for seen. For some
1: reason, when you're when you're talking to these monks, you've got to spin a pillar and kind of chant what you're saying to them. Mm-hmm. And he
2: does it in his own inimitable fashion. And my as a child, my pupils widened, and I saw a future of hilarious things lying before me that I could laugh at. And you said, "I can't wait till Daddy Daycare comes out." <laughs> Uh, but the, I
1: mean, but this is followed by, I don't want to cut you off, but I don't want to forget, this is followed by a genuinely good scene, I would yeah. say, where Eddie Murphy talks a little bit to the monk. That part's not so great. But then we find out that the girl, the only woman in the movie, basically except for snake lady Prophecy,er who uh, hides behind a curtain. is great because her body's made out of a snake. We find out later her body is made out of a cobra snake that's enormous. Which and is Eddie awesome. Murphy sees this and shrugs it off. Oh, yeah, yeah. Is not impressed by this Cobra woman. But she, we find out she is the daughter of this monk, and they have like a genuinely touching conversation about the faults that Eddie Murphy's character has, which are also the flip side of his strengths as a person, yeah. and how she has fallen for him, and the monk approves of that, and that the two of them it's like a very sweet moment between these two people who are It feels like for like one scene they're acting in a totally different, much more graceful, subtle movie than we've been watching. And it's
2: it's undercut a little bit by the fact that Victor Wong is wearing a hat that looks like a Smurf hat. Yeah, it's a red Smurf hat. (laughs) Yeah,
1: he stole it from Baba Smurf and enlarged it. Yeah, (laughs)
2: yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Imagine. (laughs) Oh, I was gonna say, but it was about the test. It's like Eddie Murphy's like walking across posts, and it's. Meant to evoke, is it? Is it uh, Enter the Dragon that has like the fight on top of like the posts? Or I like, don't
1: remember, they all kind of blur in my head, it, to be
0: honest. Uh, or it might even be multiple movies, but I feel like that was a scene that you know, for its faults, was trying to um, pay homage to these uh kung fu films in in much I mean, the way, it's, much the same way that at the same time, uh, Big Trouble in Little China was paying homage to these movies in a more successful way, but like both of them, like, clearly love. There's some kind of grounding in it. Uh, yeah.
1: And now, I remembered just now, did we ever talk about the soundtrack for this movie? Is that in the stuff that That's got lost? That's the stuff that got deleted. The but soundtrack.
2: It's great. It's awesome. It is yeah. the most 80s soundtrack. Super 80s. It's as, like, the, as the movie opened in Tibet present day, <laughs> the soundtrack kicks in and we're like, immediately you can see the three of our faces brightened.
0: Yeah. They might as well have panned over to John Carpenter in the
2: corner playing a synthesizer. (laughs)
1: Yeah, exactly. It's like a great, yeah, synth and drums and I guess some guitar score. It
2: felt a little bit, yeah, like you said, like John Carpenter is playing the the score for Romancing the Stone. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: So that's, and it was around that time that uh, I started to think, there are certain things I like in this movie. This is not a good movie. But there's certain things I like, maybe more because it's like a a big ball of 80s soundtrack and 80s special effects and like 80s
0: nonsense. A lot of what's charming in this movie I don't know would be charming to anyone who did not grow up watching the movies that we grew up watching. That's true.
2: In the same way that I was... And keep in mind, like, I think we mentioned, but I watched this movie many, many times growing up. Yeah. And it kind of was your, in a way, the parent you you never had. Yeah, this uh, this uh, was married to Ski uh, Ski Patrol, <laughs> and they raised me to the child that I am today. Amazing!
1: Now they go back to America after a hilarious scene in which Eddie Murphy outwits the customs inspectors in Nepal. By talking really loudly and pretending he's a government agent,
2: there is some. In the fun. most Beverly I mean, Hills Cup. Yeah, no, scene yeah, it, it was
0: totally Beverly Hills Cup, I mean, and you know, uh, for as uh, stupid as it was, Beverly, it was, probably the funniest scene. Yes, the movie. Beverly Himalayas Cup.
1: Oh. Uh, but no, I agree. It was the funniest scene in the movie. Himalayas are like hills, but they're bigger. <laughs> the hills have eyes. Maybe they're so tall, who can see up there? <laughs> <laughs> they're mountains. <laughs> oh. <laughs> they go back, uh, and even though she is where, and uh, there's. Uh, that for a while Eddie Murphy just hangs around a house with his new girlfriend, I guess, Key, who is just wearing a man's shirt with, with underpants. Yeah, boyfriend on him. Shirt, yeah. And they have this dagger.
2: They're now, waiting. would you describe, oh, would you describe her as a Mary Sue type character? No, I don't think so. I feel
1: like for a Mary Sue character, you have to be inserting it into a pre existing narrative to a certain extent. Oh, okay. Where it's like, the X Men are pretty cool, but this character I invented is going to turn out to be the coolest of them all. Yeah, Julie. Uh, Julie's awesome. <laughs> Let's not go crazy. And I feel like more a, of like a Phantom
0: X. One thing that's misunderstood, um, yeah. like internet people, like there's been a lot of bullshit Mary Sue talk, talk uh, surrounding the new Star Don't Wars movie. Talk about movie.
2: Star Wars? Yeah, I'll get too worked up.
0: Okay, <laughs> but like the classic definition of a Mary Sue is also like an author surrogate being like inserted into the. Uh, movie where everyone like talks about all the established characters talk about how cool this author surrogate is.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, uh, it makes
2: sense. So and I don't think I don't, it applies. I don't think this applies. it applies. Like she feels more like if, if big trouble in old China, the, the Wayne character was, was female. Like she's so much more confident than Eddie Murphy's character.
0: Yeah. Uh, no, the joke is just that, yeah, the sidekick is the more confident one.
1: Yes. Now, uh, but she's not the chosen one. Sorry, prophecy says it has to be Eddie who does it. Now, I forgot to mention that they arrive back on American soil, and num—no, Numspa, yeah, Numspa is waiting Sorry, for them with the cops. He's going to tell them that they stole the dagger from him, and Eddie Murphy says...
2: There is no way on. the police would give a fucking shit at this point. Not like, at some all. fucking dude shows up. He isn't even putting his arms through the sleeves of his fucking jacket. <laughs> and he's like, guys, some people are coming into, the na- into our
3: nation. <laughs> into our nation. <laughs> <laughs> and they're
2: like, you're English, Charles Dance. They're, they're carrying a dagger that's mine. You need to give it back. They're like, Tell to Judge Judy, dude.
1: <laughs> no, uh,. So, and beyond the fact that he's a magical wizard demon. I mean, they're probably more
2: interested in the fact that he's giving them information that some people are coming into the country with a fucking dagger. Yeah.
1: No, this was the 80s. You could come in with anyone you wanted. Yeah. This was back when you could say goodbye to people at the gate. Oh, yeah. That's right. Remember?
0: It's weird. Yeah, it's weird that my lifespan has uh, encompassed that. It's, it's
1: so much weirder that your lifespan encompassed the internet becoming a regular thing. Yeah, no, that's
0: true. It's weird that yeah, my lifespan encompassed Thanks, uh, Gibson. <laughs> like the end of rotary phones.
1: In some ways, it's even weirder that your lifespan uh, encompassed the entirety of Vern Troyer's career. <laughs> just from beginning to end I didn't think you were going to make it come on he's going to have a comeback (laughs) don't call it a comeback (laughs) because it's not happening Uh, so why this evil wizard demon needs four LAPD cops to help him out with this it's not sure but Eddie Murphy says to him he can fucking morph into
2: a rat and, yeah, kill, a guy. and, and, and then kill a dude that's swinging two swords like Cabal from Mortal Kombat, dude. <laughs> that happened earlier in the movie. And, but, but those are the exact swords. <laughs> and
1: he can do that. He can enter your dreams. He can teleport. Why does he need these four cops? Are they from the Rampart Division and they're super tough? I don't understand. <laughs> yep, <So. laughs> they're
2: cops. The cartoon shows Is <laughs>
1: misdemeanor like, on the list? <laughs> yes.
2: Who's the uh, Who is the chief guy? Is it a uh, bulletproof or some shit? Cop man. <laughs> bulletproof. <laughs> It's fireproof. Did you, those, fireproof. But, did you ever watch that fucking cartoon? Cops is one of many
1: cartoons as I watched as Fox a kid is that I remember almost I nothing. I do not mean. know what
2: it stands for.
1: It stands
0: for
2: I mean, cool. It oh. Yeah, it was a
1: cartoon. Yeah. yeah, you remember that one? It was like in the future. There's like one guy who's like... The only
0: acronym like, cartoon I remember is MASK.
1: Okay, yeah, that what, that stood for May All... Shorts. sarlax they All Alex Kill Bulletin. Shane? And cops stood for cookies ordered,
2: please, sir. So cookies ordered, please, sir. Uh but there was like one of these cops. It was like a it was like a like a futuristic a cowboy character, and there was no Robertsons. This was not a rich Michael Ritchie
1: movie. Uh yeah, it was it was super he goofy. Yeah, it's a futuristic cowboy. It was there's so many cartoon shows I watched as a kid. Mask, cops, silver hawks. That I have no like lone star. Oh, I that totally I remember Silver. I remember the theme song because it's
2: great. Silverhawks. But I don't remember. I any definitely of the had a pair of like little underpants, <laughs> like little baby boy underpants. <laughs> don't I like, had silverhawks. You tell on. me you don't have little underpants right now. I mean, uh, not ones with silverhawks on them because they don't fucking make them
1: anymore, dude. No, do you? They don't. But like there's gotta be a website. I watched website. every episode of Thundercats. I could not tell you
2: the plot of one episode. Not what about when Lionel went for like to the place of testing to determine that he is like the leader of the Thundercats? I Thunder don't cats? know what that is. I have no idea.
1: Was there one where they all became kids? Probably. Anyway, and there's one where it was probably that Christmas was on Lionel Planet or something. Cocoon. That's right. I'm thinking of cocoon. When when uh,
2: when Wilford Brimley fought Mumrah. Speaking <laughs> of Mumrah do you remember back in school that one got uh, Scott? Hold on. Speaking Mumrah. <laughs> This We're guy, guy Scott, wrote an article. Scott Limbert wrote an article uh, for the school paper Love from Limber, the perspective of, uh, <laughs> of Mumra complaining about these, like... <laughs> <laughs> these, like, uh, these thundercats coming to his home planet and, like, tearing it up and killing all his mutes and shit.
1: I like he said, Remember when, and then talked about something that happened, what, at
2: your school? Yeah, I was yeah. talking to Dan. That I wasn't was talking to, specific specific to you, dude. remember. Oh, oh, it was an Earlham
1: thing. Oh, yeah, okay. it, was a,
2: it was a parody of the uh, the Millions for Mumia movement. <laughs> <laughs> it was Millions for Mumia.
1: Oh, well, brilliant satire. Anyway, so Eddie Murphy explains to Charles Dance. If they arrest me then the dagger's going to go in the in the into evidence lockup. I'm going to be in jail. It's going to be an evidence lockup. You're never going to get that dagger. It might take months or years to get to trial. That's crazy. He's and, magic. He could turn into a rat. He could just take the dagger from him right then. I don't know what it's like he and he's like Ooh, like, "Ooh, the
0: police have foiled me. You got me." <laughs> uh,
1: even though I have all the powers of hell at my command, I can't stop this chain of <laughs> this chain of possession for evidence law. Now, anyway, that's besides the point. We get to the point where Eddie Murphy and his girlfriend, in her boyfriend shirt, are hanging out. They're attacked by the bad guys. They have like a fight or something, right?
3: No, she, they're just she...
1: kind of tense with each other. Yeah, because she starts crying though, dude. Yeah, I mean, ladies do that, but the it was crazy. Okay, that's <laughs> amazing. True. <laughs> that's true. Ladies don't do that. Guys do it when they're watching the Iron Giant. <laughs> now the uh, the bad guys show up. There is a fight in which once again Eddie Murphy is not that effective,
2: and his girlfriend. But this is, this is just when the movie starts all- fucking getting great. Like, she's doing anytime flips there's all like the wacky shit, and she's flipping and going nuts. Like there's, <laughs> there's see, anytime raising. there's a anytime, anytime there's a fight, his girlfriend. What's her name? Key. 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 Anytime I don't want to call her his girlfriend. When Key <laughs> shows up, because I want her to be my girlfriend. <laughs> uh, when Key shows up to a fight, she's like, "There's about ten feet of space between me and the bad guy." I can flip that distance. I'm just takes doing the flips. <laughs> I could jump, walk, run. I'm gonna flip. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, so they like, they fight, and unfortunately, she gives herself, gets sacrificed
2: her life, and takes a crossbow bolt. It's such a great shot, dude. Where Charles dance. You know, not using those sleeves of his jacket. He lazily over the it. dance. He lazily picks up a crossbow, he aims it at Eddie Murphy, and you're like, Eddie Murphy's tote's fucked. Yeah, that's the but end of the movie. She, the she, bad guy's one. She sees it and she's like, I think I can save him. <laughs> she starts flipping and like, mm, I can save him the only lose. way I know how. She's
1: her foot
2: <laughs> powers. <laughs> Flip
1: powers, activate.
2: Flip, 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 so flip, she flip, flip. flips right past him and he's like, what's she doing? She moved, flips faster than an arrow. He hasn't yeah. even fired it yet. He's like, what? This had better be Zeno's fucking arrow that it takes so long to get to him. <laughs> she starts flipping. He's like, fuck this. I'm going to just shoot this clown. And he pulls the trigger and the bolt flies through the air. I said bolt because it's not an arrow, dude. It's a crossbow um, bolt. Good point, good and point. And she flips <laughs> to like hug Eddie Murphy. We would have gotten letters, so thank you. <laughs> From the American Crossbow Association, the AC. <laughs> <laughs> and the crossbow pierces her back oh. mortally
1: <laughs> mortally and she is killed the bad guys escape with the dagger which was handed to them at some point and Charles dance is happy he got what he wanted and he wanted what he got you got skin in the game you're <laughs> you, you, uh, you stay in the game yeah. or you don't get a win unless you play in the game yep
2: it's <laughs> a little bit of Hamilton for everybody. So, uh, for some reason, they're storing the dagger in a briefcase. I mean, normally I keep all my cool <laughs> weapons in briefcases. You it's <laughs> just rattling around in there. Yeah, no, no, no. I get a specially case that made. Oh, with like acoustic fat padding, or so that it looks like it's something else. Like you open it, and you're like, "This is just magazines," <laughs> and then you pick up those magazines, and you're like, "There's a fucking dope dagger in there." <laughs> 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 this guy must be an awesome assassin <laughs> who loves to read. <laughs> <laughs> no, the reading's garbage. I tricked them. Who <laughs> likes to keep
1: up on, let's take a look at this, 69 sex tricks that'll blow your man's mind. Chunky <laughs> Trunk, ass. That's weird.
0: <laughs> Harpers, the failures of the Obama administration.
1: <laughs> oh, boy. He's one of those assassins. <laughs> so, there's only uh, Dr. Hong tells him that
0: if you... You have are, three weeks to live.
1: that she has one day to live.
3: Yeah.
0: There's yeah. a
1: chance... Your funny bone is too big, Eddie Murphy. There's a... There, and uh, the snake lady tells Eddie Murphy that... <laughs> your funny bone is too big. <laughs> We're going to have to do a funny bone reduction. No! <laughs> no, but that's
2: the source of my talent! No! None of my leather jumpsuits
1: will fit anymore. My deformity has made me a star, much like in that graphic novel... What was it called? Four Fingers? Three fingers, What? the one about uh, all the Disney characters. Thing's <laughs> called Three Fingers. Anyway, so <laughs> what uh, they he, they tell him if you can get the golden child over here before the sun goes before the sun
2: stops we have touching your body. That that dude when he touches something that's dead, it becomes alive. He again. He brings it back to life mm-hmm. if the sun hasn't set on it yet. So Eddie Murphy's got a halt butt in his Volvo. So Lazarus Elton effect. John- Elton John knew what he was talking about when he said, Don't let the sun go down on me if I've kill. killed. Unless there's a golden child in the room.
1: Uh, Eddie Murphy goes to where the golden child is being held. The golden child
2: has turned the biker of the apocalypse into his ally now. And uh, they- Eddie Murphy fights the monkey guy who has this really cool chain attack and he defeats him in like two seconds. Super easy, because it's that point in the movie where all the people who were formidable opponents up till
1: now, you touch them and they fall down dead. Except for Charles Dance, whose form bursts open to reveal a stop-motion animated skeleton demon, and that's when the movie went from, okay...
2: To amazing. Yep, it goes from okay to end of Howard the Duck, <laughs> yeah. which is
1: pretty amazing.
2: <laughs> yeah, I look the I, best part of Howard the Duck,
1: to I'm, be honest. I may be starting a controversy here, but I really love 80s stop motion optical process effects.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe you guys think I'm out of line. like Scott <laughs> <laughs> but uh, like,
1: especially like the uh, that kind of zap magic lightning effect that you see in Howard the Duck and in Ghostbusters mm-hmm. and things like that. Yeah, I love that. I can watch demo
2: reels of that. Where for it hours. clearly looks like an animator went over the film footage and was like, "Yeah, gonna frame add, by frame." I'm just going like... to go frame by frame, add some lightning bolts to this guy's mm-hmm. uh, I know hand. It's, I know it's a love scene between Michael Douglas and <laughs> Kathleen Turner, but I'm throw some lightning bolts in there. <laughs> ain't, ain't no,
0: see, I've never ain't seen, like that I've never seen, seen the world that I've encountered that isn't improved by lightning bolts.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I watched that movie, uh, that movie Harvey, the other day. You know, it was missing. Jimmy Stewart should have be been shooting lightning bolts out of his hands the whole time, and then you call it Lightning Harvey. I know Harvey is not the Jimmy Stewart character, but maybe we change that in post. Kramer versus Kramer, they got to be shooting lightning bolts. I mean, what else are they fighting each other with? It's a versus movie. Atomic fire breath, maybe Godzilla versus Kramer, which I think is a Karl- which I think is a Rob Reiner joke. Mm. 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 Yeah. Uh, mm. So, think, Ryan,
2: thanks for listening. For I think off, I found yeah. that
1: when I was I was researching once. I wrote a sketch once called Godzilla versus the Board of Education,
2: <laughs> where <laughs> Godzilla brought about a
1: lawsuit for monster education rights. And I want I did a Google search to make sure no one had done that before. Yeah. Anyway, so they they go to the... He gets the kid. They escape. (laughs) He catches the kid. He catches the kid. He escapes in his Volvo. They go to
2: an abandoned place They are fucking going crazy in this shit, in this station wagon. And you're going, yes, turn that music to 10. Turn that music to the max. More
1: flying demon animation
2: in the daytime, no less. The theme theme music speeds up. You're like, this has got to be the thing. The kid is like... I don't even need to use my hands to fucking buckle both our seatbelts, bro. He does, some, he does some Peter Gabriel sledgehammer shit and just his seatbelt <laughs> buckles on Which his own. Which is crazy, because at this point you're like, he doesn't even need that seatbelt. He's magic. Nothing <laughs> on this earth can stop him. That car stops short, he's flying through the windshield and then just walking away. <laughs> he's going to be smiling, <laughs> rolling
1: around <laughs> in glass. Going, Wee! can't hurt me can't hurt me I'm the gingerbread man <laughs> no they but the car is stopped they, they're in some kind of abandoned concrete something or other just to remind you it's the 80s there's some big graffiti on the side that says no aid for contras
2: and uh, the demon chases them in there's the concrete they, the place. they lower them into a classic honey <laughs> that's right. you know a demon can't resist a fucking old silo with a kid
1: in it. <laughs> now that's just common magical lore I think that's in the Necronomicon. (laughs) Uh, they so the cement ceiling collapses on him. Oh good, he's dead, right? Uh you think so. They go uh, overcut to black. They they tear ass in that Volvo. Uh, he uses his magic powers to wake up Eddie Murphy's girlfriend.
2: Uh re- demon you see, you see her and you're like the sun's not setting on her, but there's this weird like laser of light. There's just through
1: a crack in the window there's one beam of sunlight hitting her, which looks like yeah, like someone's hitting her with a proton pack or something like that. Uh he sh- and then uh oh, demon appears again. We're actually yeah. messing up the time. Gray okay. right, yeah.
0: resurrected him somehow.
1: I think uh, this
2: happens before they bring her back. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but, yeah. Uh, it's you're yeah. like, what is it? A fucking tremors you just b- bust it out of the ground? Is this graboid? <laughs> Come on, is he a John Carpenter's vampires? <laughs> yeah, and uh he's a tried- bug's goddamn bunny. <laughs>
1: No. no it is not. It's this Charles Dance demon who now, Charles Dance didn't even bother to record any fucking lines for this stop motion effect. It is just grunting and roaring. It tries to stab Eddie Murphy. That dagger is stopped by aho the quote wrong unquote necklace. That Which is worth clearly more than $100. Because it saved his life. How is much, your life not, not worth $100, Eddie Murphy? life, yeah. No. Oh Life, yeah. The Chosen One's Life, who's saving the guy, who's going to bring him out in life. It's worth $150.
0: The magic Six. dagger repellent.
1: Eddie Murphy takes a long time to thrust the dagger into the demon. Demon explodifies, they wake up his girlfriend, everybody's okay, mm-hmm. and they walk off into the sunset. The through kid, a field. Through a field. Yeah. Why are they in a They're, field? <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> They're at the farm part Point of is, They thing. got a new
0: surrogate family they got. They got Eddie, they got Lady, they got <laughs> Childy. Well, they cover that they cover
2: the Key, the best part is that Key is going to be taking the golden child back to Nepal, and he's just not going to go with them. He's, I guess he's got too many kids to find?
1: Yeah, he's got to keep he's, on with his crusade. He's the kid finder indeed. He's the kid finder
2: general, yeah. So she, they, of course, hand this uh, golden child baseball cap he does what any kid would do, turns it backwards immediately. He's radical. Because he, he, is, he is radical.
1: Because he, and I use he loosely since even though the character is a boy, the actress playing that character was a girl. <laughs> what? The whole time. Oh my god. Here's the that a real <laughs>
0: Linda Hunt situation. It
1: was, that was <laughs> Linda
0: Hunt as a kid playing the Golden <laughs> Child. That's even more amazing. Because <laughs> yeah. she didn't well. look ancient when she was older. <laughs>
1: When? She was Asian as a kid. Wait, when did Linda Hunt play a boy? The Year of Living Dangerously. She won an Academy Award for it.
2: Oh, I thought she won an Academy Award for... If Kindergarten kill. Cop? <laughs> <laughs> or Lucy <Liz laughs> Kill. Yeah, she's a three-time Academy Award winner.
1: Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, and Eddie Murphy starts... He's clearly ad-libbing. He just starts asking if they have Star Search in their country, and then talks about going on Star Search and throwing rocks at Ed McMahon. Credits roll. <laughs>
0: <laughs> America's number one enemy at the time, Ed McMahon. Most hated man in show business. Well, it's, kind of, it's like when you listen to, uh,
1: uh, who's the stand-up comedian who died relatively young? everyone talks <laughs> about how great he was. Jim mm-hmm. Belushi. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh... Oh, I can't remember. Still it. alive? <laughs> Never mind. Forget it.
2: Sure. Oh <laughs> my <laughs> god, Jim Belushi! <laughs> He's oh,
1: Bill, still alive? The is still around. Oh my it's god! It's the Belushi, not the Belushi, who is still alive. Yes, but it's not the same. So Bill Hicks, how people would talk about, oh man, that guy was groundbreaking. And then you listen. To I thought stand he up. only
2: existed in preacher comics. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was a real man.
1: And you listen to a stand-up, and there's a lot of jokes about like Billy Ray Cyrus, and you're like, oh, way to way to talk truth to power, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> way to date yourself dude <laughs> also date yourself just try not to die I guess he would have updated his material had he lived uh, so anyway that unnecessary knock on Bill Hicks side. yeah wow yeah dude
0: <laughs> way to way to pee on his grave and look
1: if it makes you feel any better I love the character actor William Hickey who has almost the same name
0: sure mm-hmm. fair uh, enough re- I read Preacher at least once <laughs> hey
2: uh, Stuart and I uh, a very close friend of ours Bill Hickey from our own college. So clearly Bill Hicks' ghost can't be mad at us. Not yeah. at all. We've covered all of our faces. Glad we uncursed ourselves. It's like that we time. bought magical necklaces for a hundred dollars. <laughs> mm-hmm. So let's get to Final Justice, shall
0: we? <laughs> We've gone so long, especially with the uh the, the, bloops. the stuff that's on the other computer. Yeah.
1: Uh, I'm just Holy gonna say shit. it right now. I'm gonna call this a good bad movie. Yeah. Not super funny, but If you want to watch a movie that says, hey, this was made in the 1980s,
2: watch The Golden Child. This remains a movie I kind of like. I watched it a million times as a kid. I thought it was great. I still kind of like it. soundtrack's great. There's a weird monkey face, dude. (laughs) There's blood in the porridge. Who cares?
0: (laughs) Yeah. It sounds
1: like an English dessert.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I agree with everything that's been said. I kind of like this movie. It it starts out a little slow when you think it's going to be more of a comedy and then it ramps up in like just like goofiness.
1: If you go into it expecting a crazy mystical adventure movie and not a comedy, yeah. then
2: it is
0: instantly a better movie in your eyes. Yes. It's a it's a fun <laughs> 80s uh, If it's you didn't enough, just say a
2: follow-up, oh. follow-up to the delirious stand-up special, you will be disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> you should be watching Raw. <laughs> That's right. <laughs>
0: Tai is a pedantic person. I think when he pronounces these words it's, it's in a very show-offy way. Gyro, Gyro. Sacre blue. Sacre blue. Ayers Rock,
2: Uluru. <laughs> and... <laughs> what you are witnessing is real. The participants are not actors. They are actual litigants with real cases. They call in via Skype to judge John Hodgman's court, the real people's
0: court. Now I call you to Judge John Hodgman's Internet Court. Find it at MaximumFun.org or wherever you download podcasts.
2: This delightful program is brought to you by Squarespace. Beautiful websites for beautiful beverages like KombuchaDog.com. I guess kombucha means black mushroom tea, but it's much more fun to say kombucha, like chicken chimichanga. I never really wanted chimichanga. I just like to ask. How's the chicken chimichanga?
0: Before we uh, move on to letters and such, I just want to take a moment to uh, say thank you to our network, Maximum Fun. We don't do this often enough, but there are a lot of great shows on the network. Um, some personal favorites of mine. Uh, I like uh, Jordan Jesse Go. I like uh, My Brother and My Brother and Me. I know you guys are big fans of... Uh, the Adventure Zone, yeah, it's a great yep. cast. We got, got bro- to oh, we got our we got our buddy uh, John Hodgman with uh, Judge John Hodgman, Judge John Hodgman over
2: there. Other shows, I've been uh, going crazy with that. Stop podcasting yourself. Mm-hmm. There's a lot, but of but only Graham, so. Dave. No, thank you. <laughs> Whoa, wow, no, no reason. Just joking, just joking. <laughs> just J.K. Almost... J.K. J- 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 just want to start J.K. Simmons <laughs> a guys, J.K. Simmons with Flash, everybody. J.K. Rowling's. Are they married? J.K. Simmons and J.K. Rowling. Yes, of course they are.
0: But uh, there's a ton of great shows you can check out, all at MaximumFun.org, all uh, free to listen to. Uh, so check them out. That's, that's all I wanted to say. That, very that. Nice. that was really
2: fun. Now that we're done with our Flop House housework. Wait, Well, not exactly. What? Go on. No, I don't know. I was just. I thought you had a, something. There was a segue. Like, segue to nothing. <laughs> <Stuart was> like <laughs> that kind of st- describes most of my shit. You're like I'll start a segue,
1: and then by the time I'm finished with it, I'll have some idea of what I'm <laughs> segueing to.
2: <laughs> I stare blankly at the computer screen, <laughs> wondering what happened. Stuart was just like,
0: mm, I don't like talking about other podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> so I got to get it, get, get away from this yep. as fast as I can.
2: Mm-hmm. I just like talking about uh, me. What's going on with Stuart? <laughs> uh, so we at letters point, or what, what's going well, on? Well, first I, I want to th-
0: uh, thank you. Uh, thank oh, you you're too. very welcome, Dan. <laughs> I want to thank you to some listeners for some gifts. Uh, the first one of these... <laughs> this is the
2: first we're hearing about.
0: <laughs> the first one of these, yeah, well, I was going to say, uh, I should have given to Elliot before the, um, the show started. But
1: you wanted a real
0: reaction. Well... I was a little stressed when the show started. I was dealing with computer issues, so I forgot. Um, so this is the first Elliot's hearing about it. But thank you to Jesse my Bacon. Real father? Thank you to Jesse Bacon for the WPA libraries poster oh, that he sent to Elliot. That's
1: really nice. Thank yeah, you.
0: So I, uh, I'll uh, bestow that upon you after the show.
1: Thank you. Um, as a as a man with a lot of library blood in my family. Seeing as there are a number of my, the library tradition in my family goes back three generations. My grandmother, my mother, and my wife, and her grandfather are all librarians. So thank
0: you. Yeah. Um, thank you to Leah Lewis for the crocheted Happy Cagemas banner that uh, uh, is hanging in Flophouse Studios. You don't see it out here. Uh, Ellie in the because I couldn't find the best place to hang it but it is so it's in a closet it is it is in the apartment uh, <laughs> is
1: this a scavenger <laughs>
2: that's right. I've uh, i put a series of clues around here is it Easter if you Ellie, find
1: it you can have my ghoul you put a series of clues each more devilish than the last and one of them is less like Dan pees in me <laughs> oh well the toilet right oh you'd think so you try again
0: <laughs> that's what makes it devilish uh, thank you to Emily Bennett, uh, my Flophouse uh, Facebook Secret Santa for the book and DVD that she sent to me. And uh, uh, lastly, thanks to Andy, Jan, Beth, and Jessica for the Flophouse holiday cards uh, that were sent in. Thanks very much for all the uh, good wishes.
2: We also uh, we, all, uh, we also last time received a, uh, a gift from Flophouse listener Michael Seary. A heaping helping of Hanukkah guilt, which the problem is what happens, guys, is we start this podcast and I get all really worked up and I forget things sometimes. And that was one of those things I forget. But it was really great. And we're going to enjoy that Hanukkah guilt. Elliot, I think, mentioned how much he loves it. It's the best chocolate he's ever had. I have to say this. I had some Hanukkah guilt this year. Not this year. 2015. That
1: uh, last year. That was of a much higher quality quality than I remember. (laughs) 2015 was an excellent year for Gelt. Good vintage. But uh, it was much better than I remembered it. So I think they've improved the formula.
0: Uh, Also, um, there's going to be a lot more editing than usual uh, for this episode. Because it's long. Because of the weird two computers problem. Uh, But if I remember it, and I hope I remember it, a listener sent, uh, uh, set one of Elliot's letter songs to music. Oh, yeah, you did a really good job. I hope to stick that on at the end of the show. If I remember, if I don't... <laughs> then write in and remind Dan. If I don't write in and remind me, and it'll come in a, a, an upcoming episode. And what, what was that listener's name? Thank you to John Davis. John Davis, thanks very much. Um, but... Now to move on Dan's to Dan's favorite part of the body. Act, what? <laughs> Wait. He said butt. Oh, butt. Yeah, thank you. Uh, but uh, it's time to move on to the actual letters for the evening. Um, the first letter... We're
1: running long, so we don't have a lot right. of time for a song or a rhyme for us all to go along and listen to about the letters. We gotta hurry it up. Let's speed it out fast. Time's not going to last if we keep singing on about the letters. We don't have time to waste. We don't have time to burn. We've got money to earn and lessons to learn about (laughs) life. From these letters, from you. So let's hurry it up. You have to wake up in like four (laughs) minutes. Letters segment (laughs) tonight or this morning. Or noon whenever you're listening
2: to the Flophouse letters. So the Flophouse movie mailbag is a section where we talk about (laughs) Elliot's songs. You don't need to explain. Let's move on. Should I sing
1: another song that explains
2: how we do the letters? No, let's not. Uh, Dan reaches into the bag. And sometimes a piranha bites him. So this
0: first letter uh, says, I recently discovered the Flophouse, and since I often have terrible taste in movies... I wanted to make sure there was nothing I wanted to see on there that you guys might spoil. Or spoil in a different way than just watching a terrible movie. I saw Winter's Tale on the episode list, and I was like, oh, that's in my Netflix queue. I bumped it up to the top, and when the <laughs> disc arrived, I sat down with very low expectations. The
2: disc? When's his letter from? Like five years ago?
0: <laughs> uh, stream it, did. <laughs> <laughs> movie started strong i kept waiting for it to suck but it kept getting better i'm sitting there thinking how the hell are they gonna make fun of this i mean the pacing's maybe a little lumpy and some of the supporting actors are amateurs but i mean this is really well done it's ended up being a haunting take on heroism as well as a standing testament to the soul-crushing poverty and corruption of the ozarks weird <laughs> i can't figure out how this got flopped then later i'm like oh wait You guys were talking about the unloved 2014 magical realism Colin Farrell vehicle, Winter's Tale. And I just watched 2010 Best Picture nominee Winter's Bone with Jennifer
2: Lawrence. The movie that introduced Jennifer Lawrence to the world. The movie that I described as a girl in a man's world. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: expecting it to fly off the rails and bomb made Winters Bone even more harrowing.
2: Yeah, it's great, dude. Still listening. John Hawks is amazing in that. She movie. totally has to pull a hand off a corpse in a swamp.
0: Still listening, still not John a good Hawks reader. That. First name withheld, last name withheld. So
2: <laughs> well, wow, both names, huh? What?
0: Yeah. So I did think... you ever get a letter from someone who didn't exist? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe embarrassed about the misidentification of uh
2: Winter's tail and winner's bone. I don't know, <laughs> well, dude. Earlier in this episode, I fucking confused Blanche for Rose. <laughs> that was I want to throw myself out the is window right now. The biggest
0: crime. Cron- I think yeah, that in the think in- of many members of the Flophouse fan community who will pillory you
2: for that. This is going to be terrible. Now, did that, but maybe oh, that happened in the deleted segment. I don't know. Burden effigy. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I just admitted to it at this point. So, <laughs> I mean, when the whole Victor Wong, James Hong, that was world. way worse. The thing is, like, from now on, that deleted I segment. Chop my
0: face It'll off. be like an alternate universe. <laughs> it'll be like, okay, we all have vague memories of this other world that could have happened but didn't. Like, Uatu is just
1: watching from the blue area of the moon saying, what if. They had finished that version of is the. Is that episode. what
2: that guy's name is with the giant head from Wha- the What If?
1: He's watching. Or is that the guy with the pan on his head from the What the? That's Scorbush Man. He who has the pan on the head from the Forbush huh? man? Yeah, Forbush. F-O-R-B-U-S-H. What's his relation to Spider Ham? Uh they're just good friends.
0: <laughs> okay. What about Captain Carrot and his zoo crew? That's
1: a different company, Dan. Those are DC characters. What? Don't give me this shit. <laughs> We're talking about Marvel parody characters. <laughs> Captain Carrot's I'm sorry. I didn't mean to get so mad. Car- Captain Carrot and I had a bad breakup.
2: <laughs> I
1: never got over it.
2: He said he'd call, and then he never called. He didn't call.
0: Um, alright. <laughs> I love hope... that bunny.
2: <laughs> Wouldn't his teeth just tear apart your face when you guys make out? Yeah. Because that... rabbit teeth, are terrifying. So I expected him to call the next day. Like... If he went down on you, it would be like a fucking (laughs) vegetti. Well, I never got the chance to find out.
0: Um, (laughs) Okay. Well, moving on. Uh, This next letter is from James, last name withheld, who writes... James (laughs) Hall. (laughs) (laughs)
3: How <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes. you guys
1: get me mixed up with, with Victor Wong?
0: forever, dudes. <laughs> my dad,
2: I love we- you. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs>
0: never mistake
1: me. I love the Flophouse. What I love the most about it is that you're just, such true cityists, you would never confuse two Asian actors just because they have similar names. Especially two actors whose oeuvres you're so well versed in. Yours forever, James Hong slash maybe Victor Wong. You don't know. <laughs>
3: <laughs> mm. <Sad. laughs>
0: so James Hong writes Greetings from rainy England
2: No, i do not live there now I hope your
0: holidays were all. <laughs> yes, he's
2: during Game of Thrones now. <laughs> I hope your holidays
0: were all untrammeled delights I just wanted to say that I love your show My favorite, quote, album tracks to the hit singles of House Cat Sighing and Letter Songs are when a Stuart suddenly acts like he has someplace to be and tries to hurry up the podcast. <laughs> so Dan, what do we do next? When Elliot begrudgingly agrees with one of Dan's recommendations, you can almost hear his disappointment. Oh, that's a good movie. When Dan makes <laughs> no, those funny well, you got
2: a surprise. It's the best part.
0: When Dan makes those funny laughing noises around the seven twenty mark of the Fifty Shades of Grey episode Today, I was on my first day back at work after the longest time spent with my one-year-old son since paternity, paternity leave. It was sad but the slight something in my eye as a result of missing my son's laugh was mixed with tears of laughter during Dan's confused and angry attempt to get people to donate to charity at Christmas. <laughs> Someone on the tube asked me if I was alright in a nice way. I know you Anglophiles will understand how rarely this happens and what a state I must have been in. If you guys ever do a show over here, I would like to buy you all a beer, room temperature or cheered, or, or chilled. No, no, cheered. Cheered up. <laughs> or oh, <laughs> cheers. Chin-chin. James' <laughs> last name is well. He raises a good point, which is, like we should we do a show to... in England. Yeah.
1: That would be amazing. It's time for us to invade them. Mm-hmm. Oh
2: my god, that would be great.
0: Now, uh, how would we go about doing that? Uh, was that the point you were talking about? Oh, the, no, the point I was doing about it was that apparently, for some reason, the most interrupted you get is when I'm trying to do nice things for other You'll people. You'll
1: notice I didn't interrupt you once during that letter, and you still had trouble getting through it. No, no, that's fine. But you're right. It is when... Because I don't always know you're trying to do a nice thing. And
2: last, yeah. last episode... And when I'm was, a mean person. <laughs> I was realizing the last episode, and about 20 minutes in, I was like, we are terrible. <laughs> Why does Dan put up with us? And then He's I remembered because right. we're really fun guys that love Dan. That's right. mm-hmm. yeah. We care about him. We just don't care
1: about the people he cares about. So when he tries to do nice things for him, we're like, we're going to interrupt you.
2: Well, it started off as Dan uh, not being nice. <laughs> well, but we didn't know that that was a bit. Oh, he was playing like a character. Like he was doing a heel Again. turn. <laughs> exactly. He was doing a heel turn. Again, only was, to
0: become a baby face at the end of it. I was not, not being nice to I don't want to go through this. I don't want really to re- relitigate this. Although uh, we do um, we want to do a show in England. We do want to do a show in England, and we do want to do something uh, for charity, nice for charity. I think that's a forthcoming. She suffered uh, so much. Keep charity. listening to the show, and I think we'll have a more specific um, sort of thing uh, set up. Yeah, we're and talking we like, about and we, we, we like beer. Would you like beer? <laughs>
1: and that came up too. So, so all those so, things are correct. I guess write the Queen of England. Tell her the flophouse has so to come to show
0: To revoke the passport ban she has on all of us. <laughs> she knows why they uh, are in effect. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, if
1: someone was going to give us enough money to do it, we'd totally come to England. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, this might basically just have to cover travel costs, right? That's right. I could stay at my sister's place. I don't know where you guys are
0: staying. I'm sure, we could arrange a theater.
2: Yeah, oh, I don't know. I think I would <laughs> hope we should arrange
1: a theater in the birthplace of Shakespeare, <laughs> the world's greatest playwright.
2: That's right. We're gonna play the Globe. We're gonna play the West End or the Globe or the East End or maybe the South I'll pr- End. I'll probably have to dig deep into my uh, Games Workshop contacts to find a couch I can crash on. <laughs> meanwhile, Dan will roam the streets solving crimes in a deer stalker cab. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, uh, I, I thought you were talking about like, the Mike that Jack- and, like naked <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you <saw> the gen-
0: <laughs> I'll solve the Ripper murders <laughs> mm-hmm. years after the final killing yep.
2: <laughs> yep Moriarty showed up out of the fucking holodeck again and he just started murdering people <laughs> why did they invent it back in the 1880s
0: <laughs> it was that infernal
2: Sebastian Moran after a, an in-depth article uh, in-depth interview with Alan Moore and Stephen Moffat I guess probably <laughs> 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 You're trying to ruin Sherlock Holmes for
0: me. Um, last letter of the evening uh, from Stephen, last name withheld Colbert. Long lo- long, time listener.
1: Long lost listener. Can you send someone to find me?
0: Long time listener. Long time listener. First time writer her. I just wanted to inform you.
2: <laughs> Never thought it would happen to me.
0: <laughs> I just wanted to inform you that you guys can call it a day now. You've made it. Yeah, we should. It's almost midnight. You've it. won. There's nothing more to achieve, because you are now featured in the IMDB trivia for Castle Freak. Get the
2: what? fuck out of
0: what? here. What? I'm looking that up right now. The epic saga of Ding Donkey. It is epic, isn't it? <laughs> I thought I slipped that one by you. No. <laughs> Not even
2: looking up from his phone.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you were on your phone. I thought it was safe.
2: That trip, that was like. Just where I thought it was
0: safe. had uh, To go
2: back in the mispronunciation.
1: <laughs> you thought you'd slipped under the laser beams like Captain Zeta Jones' butt, but you tripped my silent alarm, dude.
2: <laughs> Glad- clever girl.
1: I knew you were in the house the whole time.
2: <laughs> <laughs> even oh,
1: even Dave and Archie. Like
2: yelling. yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's right here at the top of the trivia. It's right. right there. The
0: oh, epic. my God, i am done i fucking
2: self-terminate.
0: <laughs> Motherfuckers. The epic saga of Ding Dong Gate has been immortalized for the ages. In a Robert Caro-esque epic of nearly paragraph length, all the accolades the New York Times, Entertainment Weekly, and the A.V. Club bestow upon you, all the legions of fans that fill live events and write obscene-slash-fiction... Even the love of your wives, children, and extended family could never compare to the thrill of seeing your misspelled names gracing the lower dregs of the IMDB equivalent of the deep web. So, bask in your glory, hang your wormy boners on the mantle above the porthole of time, and call it a day, because it doesn't get better than this. Keep on keeping on. I'll let that one go. Because I commute a lot, (laughs) and y'all have kept me from the brink of insanity on multiple occasions. Best to all in Housecat, Stephen, last name withheld. Wow. So thank you, Stephen. I just I need. we
1: gonna it. read the trivia. I was so? gonna read. Well, I, people can go to trivia and read. There's a there's a description of Ding Dong Gate and it's uh, and its culmination. I will say that I would do. I do doubt some of the trivia here. It says the film was blessed by the Vatican for fears of the effect on its viewers. I would guess maybe blessed is not the word they're looking for. No. I don't think the Vatican blessed Castle
3: Free. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh the, well, Stuart, so you're officially part The Madigan of told uh Stuart Gordon, God bless you, when he sneezed <laughs> once. The
2: you you're part of the Castle Freak story now. I have to say the moment you've woven when, yourself into this. The, uh, the into moment is happening Yep, I'm like fucking Stephen King and the Dark Tower series
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> So I Your character now which means Giorgio can kill you now. <laughs> Oh shit! As long as a finger, a fucking gun gun shooting fingers don't get chopped off by crab monsters. So Is that another dark tower. Yeah. There? The moment when I first pulled up Amazon, and for you know normal reasons, I added uh, to my wish list the Castle Freak Blu-ray. List, and it said uh, it said that uh, users usually purchase Castle Freak Plus. Uh, head of the family, I fucking almost cried. <laughs> <laughs> the moment when I realized that you're like all of this, all no of this more is worth something, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you I cried. That. I said, I can now retire and return to the wing of Stuart Gordon's, or uh, uh, Charles Band's castle in Italy that he fucking owns. <laughs> You you knew that you had finally left behind a monument to forever mark your time on this (laughs) earth. Yep, this Ozymandias type situation. I'll jump into a money bin filled with puppet master puppets. (laughs) Like a witch woman. Is, <laughs> toss them up and you let, let them hit head. you on your head. <laughs> yep. so, like
1: a droolhead guy. That's some kind of weird suicide you're going to drown in Puppet Master puppets. It's
2: like a weird sexual suicide. <laughs> it's like a Carrot situation. situation. Mr. Hook, what were the names of the other puppets? There's a one with a hook for a hand. Well, there's Blades, or Blade.
1: Maybe that's one thing you know. Maybe it's Although blade called blade. Blades Blessings by friends
2: because he wears a roll of blades. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And what, Six Gun? And he's a street shark. Um. yes. Yeah, <laughs> sure, he's not a cowboy of <laughs> There's. There's <laughs> Puppet oh, and puppet. Fuck off, dude. Keep <laughs> your cowboys and Moon Mesa. They're probably called dairy-based nicknames, <laughs> like Cheddar. Mm-hmm. Cheddar. Uh, uh, utterly. <laughs> yep. Yeah, Chet Utterly.
1: <laughs> so, uh, before we sink into insanity, having gazed into the abyss, should we move on, Dan?
0: Yeah. Yes, we should move on to Letter, or wait, we just did that. Uh,
1: Dan, are you Groundhog Dane right before our very eyes? <laughs> okay,
2: yeah. so why don't you reach into the mailbag and pull out the first, the first recommendation of the next movie, because what we actually do now is we recommend movies we actually count kind of like. Thank you, Thanks. Stuart. In addition Orton. to Golden Child. You did. It. You I did, did it. it. Wait. Yeah. Oh, so that high-five sound was beautiful. Acoustics. <laughs> so, I'm going to go first, because fuck it, why not? I'm Stuart. <laughs> own it Uh, so uh, of course what I'm recommending right now is Star Wars you should fucking go see it if you like Star Wars go see Force Awakens if you don't like it I'm sorry dude do not tell me that you don't like it I do not give a shit I mean I could tell you that I didn't Fucking! I liked, I loved the first half, and the second half, I
1: didn't. I thought was okay.
2: You know, the great thing is that Ellie and I are going to talk about this later off air, mm-hmm. so All the way I don't home. get so I don't get super worked up. But what I'm, uh, in addition to Star Wars: The Force Awakens, which is great, and I'm sure we'll probably talk about it a little bit as we're uh, trailing off into the distance, I'm going to recommend a movie that I think you can find on VOD right now, and if you're listening to this like 20 years in the future, probably on uh-huh. fucking space hollow discs. Is a, uh, it's a weird uh, weird advisory warning to put in there. Yeah, I don't know, dude. I'm trying to go fast. Uh, so I'm going to recommend a romantic comedy called Man Up. It stars Simon Pegg and Lake Bell, uh, where Lake Bell does a very believable English accent. And the premise is uh, that Lake Bell bumps into Simon Pegg in a train station Uh, after running into a woman who is supposed to meet up on a blind date that's been set up. And uh, accidentally, due to a circumstance, uh, Simon Pegg believes that Lake Bell is his blind date. And uh, Lake Bell, who has been unlucky in love, uh, decides to just roll with it and go with it. And the first, like, as what I've described, uh, sounds like the beginnings of a bad romantic comedy... But everybody involved is very charming, and it continues to go in interesting directions, and it manages to be a fun movie. And I feel like Simon Pegg, when he's not in a big blockbuster or not in an Edgar Wright movie, ends up kind of picking weak movies, often weak romantic comedies. Mm. But this is the first time that actually uh, it it works. Uh, It's got a great supporting cast. Olivia Williams is in it. Uh, so, if you're looking for a romantic comedy that might actually charm you a little bit, I would recommend Man Up.
0: So, Stuart recommends The Cop Show Mannix. <laughs> um, <laughs> I would like to uh, recommend uh, a little movie called The Hate Filled Eight,
2: <laughs> which uh, <laughs> I saw by Quentin Tarantino, Tur- The Roaded Show. By Quarman Turpentine. Seventy millimeters.
1: Uh no, I you know, look. Hey, you're the only guy who's gotta get up for work tomorrow, so you can keep talking like this if you want.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it makes anything slower, it just makes it stupider. Uh look, I know a lot of people have mixed feelings about this movie. Um, I understand it is a hateful movie as the film title suggests it is a long movie. You
2: know there's eight people. <laughs> <laughs> that's right.
0: Um it's maybe not as obviously I, I I don't know. I I feel like the 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 point that Quentin is Tarantino is making is maybe not as clear for this film uh, or I mean it's a movie about race ultimately. Yeah, and well that's what I want to say about it is like I personally was not such a fan of Django Unchained. I think it was... You said, chain that man back up. I thought it was... No, I did not (laughs) say that. I thought it was an entertaining movie. Um, It felt a little off to me. Maybe it was because it was the first movie Quentin Tarantino made after his longtime uh, editor uh, tragically passed away. Maybe that was the problem. I don't know. But uh, I feel like Django Unchained was kind of a... actually a shallower movie about race, because it was just a straight-ahead um, uh, revenge movie. It was like taking the whole of slavery and then turning it into a Death Wish-style revenge film, which was very satisfying, but was not very, I don't know, there's not a lot to chew on, maybe, whereas The Hateful Eight, I'm not making any... I'm not making any claims for Quentin Tarantino as being a particularly deep thinker about social things, but I feel like he's trying to wrestle with something been, about been, Reconstruction uh, America and the gray areas that there are in uh, in uh, whites and blacks trying to live together.
2: Lately, I've been talking about the concept that I, you know, I don't. I think that his emotional intelligence might not. Meet his like skill level as a filmmaker, um, so I think that supports what you're saying. But I also haven't seen people Boy* yet, so it could be a dummy. I saw. I I see what you're
1: saying, Dan. I think there's definitely like islands of that
0: with kind of. He's struggling in, that with that a little are, more complexity, or he's trying to at least.
1: I see. That's the thing. I don't know. It's almost like I think he has. He's trying to. He's trying to do a much simpler type of story, mm. and in doing that. He has inserted some interesting ideas and moments and put in an, an, an interesting time period to be covering, which has uh interesting things to say if you kind of like push it forward a little bit more about how we about how race relations are now but they are but those moments are drowning in blood in a way that felt a lot to me i I enjoyed the movie a lot, but it felt a lot less earned to me than in some of his other stuff this felt more like early Quentin Tarantino to me, where it was like, it'd be really cool if this guy got killed this way.
0: No, I agree. Look, I think that to me, to me, my, uh, my favorite Quentin Tarantino movies are probably Glorious Bastards, and this is going to be super controversial, but I really enjoy <laughs> Snow watching... Snow
1: White and the Seven Dwarfs, which is not even a Quentin Tarantino movie. <laughs> That's
2: so controversial.
0: Just on a personal level, I really enjoy watching Death Proof, which is going to, like... Irritate it's going to set the a bunch on of fire. Uh, internet uh, fire brands uh, who feel the need to write me. Don't. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care what your opinion is. It's a
2: personal opinion.
0: Um, but well, then uh, you're
2: you're saying that it's your it's your personal favorite. It's not what you think. Might it's be not best. necessarily
0: like the most polished thing that he's done. Um, but I feel like this is sort of middle tier. Tarantino, which is fine. Like the thing yeah, about yeah. Quentin Tarantino is like, um, whether you like him, whether you don't like him, he is—he knows how to spin a yarn, and for the amount of time that the movie takes, like I mean,
1: he was, he should have gone. I mean, his, but that's—he comes from a yarn family. <laughs> the Tarantino Yarnworks is known oh, worldwide for its quality yarn. Nice. In, a, in a
2: way, in he's, he's <laughs> it's a weird comparison, it's kind of like Pixar. Like even. Tarantino, that's not great, is still really yeah, good. yeah. He set a very high
1: mark. So this thing was, I walked out of the movie
2: thinking like that wasn't as good as I wanted it to be
1: for me. But like he set a very high yeah. Mark I just, for there's
0: stuff you can there's stuff you can definitely argue with with this movie, and I would not uh, think less of you for arguing it. But for uh, a, a movie experience to go in and watch a 70 millimeter Quentin Tarantino film. It was transporting to me for the length of the movie. I was engrossed in a way that I'm often not going to see a movie. And so I liked The Hateful Eight a lot. And that's what I have to say. Elliot?
1: Oh,
3: uh
0: um I was cueing uh, you. I'm
1: but... going to recommend uh, this movie called Eight Hateful Guys. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Eight Heads in a Duffel Bay. <laughs> no, no.
2: Weird, that's a bad choice. Uh, I didn't
1: see anything recently that I particularly loved. I saw Eight, Eight Hateful Eight, and I thought and I liked it, but I didn't love it. And I had very high hopes for Carol. and was actually really disappointed in
0: that. Uh, I liked it quite a lot, but I found it a little slower than I hoped. It was
1: quite slow, which is not a bad thing. But, well, we can talk about it after. But it was interesting. I actually... I
0: think it's very good. I think it's very good.
1: Once but. I read, the, it feels like that is a movie about an older woman who is kind of, who is looking for someone that she can feel in love with and finds this woman who is just kind of like following along. But the story in the book, I found out later, is about a younger woman who is becomes kind of obsessed with this older woman as she falls in love with her. Hmm. And they, they create a relationship Whatever, But it felt like, it, the movie felt unbalanced, and it wasn't until I read about the way the book was done that I was like, "Oh, that's why the movie felt unbalanced to me." So it gives because it gives
2: another character more agency,
1: kind of, and also in that like, Kate Blanchett and Rooney Mara are just not on the same level in some ways. So I was just drawn to Kate Blanchett throughout the movie.
0: Res,
2: yeah, she's galadriel, dude. She's, she's, <laughs> she's still lateral. Lateral. It Must have man. her favorite.
0: I will say but though. I mean, like, like if I. If I had seen Carol later than The Hateful Eight, I probably would have recommended Carol. Like, it's just a matter of what's that's only totally fine. What's newer in my mind? I think
1: with Carol, I had my expectations were,
0: were much pretty higher. high. Yeah. yeah, were very high.
1: But anyway, so I'm going to recommend. I think the Eddie Murphy movie that I used to watch all the time as a kid, which was not The Golden Child, but which was Coming to America, which was an enormous hit
0: for him, and yeah, only a few le- only a couple years later.
1: Yeah, only it was kind of like a return to form for him. And what's weird is that I came to know Eddie Murphy through that movie, not as a human being, not personally, but like yeah,
2: you're not best friends, with him. not anymore. But that's they're the, uh, friends,
1: but not best, friends. but friendly. not best friends. You know, you drift, you drift apart from people over time.
2: Yeah, when you get married, he won't be the best man at your wedding. <laughs> no, I mean, I was married, and he wasn't. But wait, what are we talking about?
1: Uh, so the, uh, but that was the movie that, as a kid, I saw the most. And so when I saw after after that was when I saw like Beverly Hills Cop and Trading Places, and I was like. It's weird that he's playing this type of character all of a sudden. That he's not playing an African prince anymore. Like it was my image of Eddie Murphy was formed through was that racist. movie. <laughs> no, but like he, that movie was very much him trying to play a different type of comedy character. Yeah. So it was just weird that that's the one I associated with because that's what I saw as a kid. But like,
0: I mean, like, that's a movie that, coming to America. Like his character, his persona is a lot sweeter than his yes. like normal persona, which is like sort of. Like lovable cocky asshole.
1: Yeah, but it's uh, there's a lot of funny stuff in it. I find myself quoting in my head a lot. Well, you know, just throughout the day and
2: uh, singing the song for Soul Glow, the hair gel that is featured in it. And to this day, the like TV edit, the Comedy Central edit for the scene where he's out on the balcony shouting, "Forget you too." <laughs> Every time I, I remember that, anytime I think about saying fuck you to somebody, or just anytime somebody says forget you. Uh,
1: but that's which the happens one. all the time. <laughs> right? but that's the, Every time you
0: think of the radio edit for Cielo, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: which is often, often in my thoughts. So, so I'm going to say, coming <laughs> to America, and maybe live a little bit of how I lived when I was a kid. All
0: right.
1: So I guess eat, eat a bowl
2: of Cheerios while you're, while you're watching it. What? like regular style cuz those smell so bad Cheerios Yeah, regular Cheerios make your breath smell really bad. I was a kid, I didn't care who was I kissing nobody. No, but you don't have any respect for the people around you. I was a kid, of course, you I didn't. You don't have any respect for the people around you. If I had any
1: respect for the people around I'd me, I'd eat I nut, Cheerios. Eat these Cheerios. <laughs> I'd be eating Crispix,
0: but no, I hate everybody. For Greek Nuts, maybe. Uh, so, by the way, that was the third time that Archie tried to jump into Elliot's lap. This whole episode, and it's the
2: warmest lap. <laughs> he loves,
0: he loves the most allergic one of us. Hey,
2: CL,
1: warm L. Cats love warm laps. That was my uh, rap name.
0: But, um, C-L-G-M-L. we should sign off for this old double super size, probably super weird episode the of the episode, podcast. With we're all going to die. This, this Frankenstein's monster episode of the show. Um,. I hope it was easy to listen to, easier than it was to record.
2: And I've been Stuart Wellington.
0: <laughs> and I've been Dan McCoy. I think I'm
1: still L- Illy Kalen, but I'm, I don't know. Oh,
0: thank God. Yikes. Good night, everyone. <laughs> Boy, oi, <oy>, oi,
1: <oy>, <laughs> Every time Danielle and I finish watching a very serious or tragic movie at home, like we were watching Spotlight on a, on the screen or we got sent, Whenever it's over, I wait till the credits start, and then I just press fast forward, and I go, gotta check, see if they put any bloops in here.
0: (laughs) On this episode, we discussed our... we discussed. I'm disgusted
2: (laughs) by how you screwed that up. We're talking about the golden child. Okay, just click, drag it over to the garbage can (laughs) icon. And and, release. And, yep, into the ether with the...
1: Listeners sent us letters. Now we're gonna read them as Stuart goes to get another beer. Killing time right now as Stuart gets that beer. So gather out here and listen and hear to what I'm saying as Stewart goes in. He's opening up that beer. And now the song is done. Uh-oh. Seamless. Maximumfun.org Comedy and culture.
2: Artist owned
0: listener supported.
2: If you've ever laughed at the Brits for the way they say schedule or Americans for the way we keep seeing Jesus in our food, join me, Dave Holmes, for International Waters, a transatlantic panel game that pits comedians in London and comedians in Los Angeles against each other in a deadly Skype-based pop culture battle royale. Every two weeks or fortnightly, as they say in Britain, like they're better than us. Find it in iTunes or at MaximumFun.org.